Welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the podcast that dives deep into the mythology of Masters of the Universe, with your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scabana. News, reviews, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Greyskull. Everybody and welcome to episode 88 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we dive deep into the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Theria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini-Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Master Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm here again, Matthew Dooch, here with my great buddy, Sean Skavarna. Sean! How are you doing today? Two thumbs up. What can I say? Excellent. <laughs> How are you, Matt? I'm wonderful because tonight we are joined by the master of his own universe. The creator of ideas from Mars and all its wonderful properties such as Modern Wonders, Defenders of Eden's, Disciple 6... Uh, hopefully soon some toys in the armies of Ashmore, uh, Tulip City, comic and toy fair, creator, founder, showrunner. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matthew Rodriguez. Matt. 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 Hey, Matt! Stop yelling at me, Steven. Matt, you're on! <laughs> <laughs> Leave Jeremy alone. No, no, it's fine. Jeremy likes it when he does that. Yes, yes. <laughs> he oh, kicks hey, his foot like a little puppy. I've we, been sitting in this Zoom meeting for about 42 minutes. It's only been um, 38, don't you lie. And, uh, <laughs> looks like, hey, good to see you guys. Yeah, what's up, buddy? See, we, we don't keep you under a table here. You're not over on the po here. You're, we that got you true. nice and comfy. You're on a couch. You're this couch to is go. much more comfortable. Have you ever tried to wrap your legs around the the legs of one of those fold up tables? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, because you got you got to maximize your space under there. Exactly. And that's not exactly. a very big table. And then if you got Steve and Jeremy on either side, I mean that's. Mm-hmm. It's not good yep. times. Thanks but, for having me, guys. I I just want to say as um. Your unofficial, official, most guest host, uh, third wheel. Yes. Um, apparently, your fans have been wanting more of this, so I hope uh, we give them uh, what they want. Yes, I think so. they are going to be disappointed because you chose the couch instead of the tub tonight. But uh, <laughs> but this is a regular episode, guys, so we're going to go a little longer. We don't want any, you know, pruning or anything. Like, we got to... You can't mm-hmm. please everyone. You can't please everyone. Can't. And the episode just started, so who knows where this might take me. <laughs> that, that is very <laughs> true. Yeah, That's true. The night's wide open. Oh, well, thank you, Matt, for coming on. Yes, as far as we can recall, no, we were both too lazy to actually count it, but we do believe that this breaks the tie. I, I think him and Yuka had a tie up until now, and so yeah. this should break it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yuka's, Yuka's tough competition. Um, he's busy writing books, so... That's uh, true. I get to one-up him, at least for now. <laughs> 
Alright, so why don't we kick it off since you are here, Matt. What have you been up to? What's new and noteworthy? Um, new and noteworthy, I would just say that right now we are a few days deep into um, uh, my latest Kickstarter uh, called Modern Wonders Issue Number 2, um, Look to the Sky, and uh, we dive a little bit deeper. I know we spoke about Modern Wonders last time I was on, and yep. and... Um, the team that I have going on with this book, they just have more free time, have more availability, and we were able to push out um, issue two a lot quicker than anticipated. So uh, we dive deeper into the golden age of wonder and the heroes that are involved. So for those fans of issue one, I won't give away there might have been a death, um, but that's not the end of um, that character. So so we... Uh, we dive deeper into that, and then we dive deeper into the, the modern world um, decades later. So, uh, yeah, I know that you um, actually were one of my uh, – you gave one of the pledges that yes. got a character drawn into the universe. Absolutely. And uh, we've actually been <laughs> – you know, I hate to admit it, but we, we actually – I think you're getting more than you paid for. I really do. I, you know, I, I do like it. I do like value for my money, so that's that's great for me. I yeah, like to, I yeah. Like to I don't know how there, much. So. I don't know how much Sean knows of it, but um, essentially, it was just going to be, you know, this. Uh, we're going to co-create a character yep. and have them live in the world, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe show up in a panel or or be yep. part of a team or so, something along those yep. lines. Kind of a um, Deadpool two cameo. It's like, look at all these guys. Oh, they are all dead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I like that. Because I won't give too much away, but because of the power set that we kind of landed on and, yeah. and our love for um, a, a famous ice-based character, yes. um, mm. uh, we started spitballing, and um, we came up with yes. a pretty cool and original idea as far as as far as how how that kind of power would fit into the modern wonders yes. world. So, nice. and, and not only that, I think that what's what's interesting is. In the process, because um, obviously I am much more story-based on everything. Sean knows that. The viewers know that by now. So for me, it wasn't even... For me to create a character, I had to kind of look at story first. And obviously I'm not artistic. So I'm giving Matt more, you know, hey, this is kind of his personality, kind of the backstory I created with. And I really didn't have much to go on visually. And Matt and his team just knocked that out of the park better than anything I ever could have imagined. Um, you can actually see them on his Kickstarter for issue two right now. He, I saw that. Yeah, if you go, yeah, yeah actually, I, I, po- I posted that on there. So, yes. so not only did that was that included, but then we, you know, had some of my team uh, do some custom mm-hmm. artwork for him that yes. we're still um, obviously in the Which process I, of delivering to him. But yeah. I will say. As much as I loved the character, we, yeah, I asked, I asked uh, Matt's permission if we could actually kind of incorporate him a little bit more as ah. a part of the world and the storyline that kind mm-hmm. of bridges the gap between the golden age and the and the modern age. So, not again, not giving away anything um, storyline wise, yeah. but um, this character named AC yeah. uh, is awesome and yes. it's been such a pleasure working with matt and and, and obviously story driven and and sent him some sketches and he kind of gave my his ideas back and then yep. once we landed on once we landed on a kind of a finished visual uh mm-hmm. we decided that um 
we could send it to my artists and, and get it done properly. And that, so, and that's where I was going with the best part was is like there was a there, and I again I don't want to give too much away either. I haven't said anything to anybody because I feel this is at the end of the day he is a modern wonders character. He's an Diaz from Mars guy, so I've been leaving everything up to you uh, as far as when you want to roll him out and everything, but. Just the personality that I came up with and what I was going for, like Matt picked it up right away. He knew where I was going. It fit in with some ideas he had down the road, and uh, I can't wait to see all that come to fruition. Um, because it it's is going to be cool. It's going to be cool. It's it's something you're doing something with this comic that, uh, while I've enjoyed a lot of the modern superhero stuff, I feel. The modern superhero stuff, it's kind of going through... It goes through a cycle, and it's kind of going back through that cycle where, you know, with the boys and with Invincible, where it's, you know, kind of more, quote-unquote, realistic and gritty. But I think mm-hmm. you're, bringing, you're bringing a world with a lot more hope and positivity at the end of the day. Um, well, and yeah, I, 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 I think agree. that's something that yeah. lacks a lot nowadays. Well, I think that, um, I mean, there's that, that shock value that yeah. um, eventually kind of we become dull to, um, you know, once you see again, and I'm not knocking any of those properties because I enjoy the boys. And, yeah, I, and I like them all. And, and Jupiter's Legacy, Umbrella Academy, all this stuff where it's just like there's a lot of shock value to the, the yeah. realism or this, uh, I don't... I guess I, I honestly I would say the term more of a cynical angle to yes. this type of fiction, mm-hmm. um, where you know that's I mean as as cynical as I get with it, like my love for it is like I created Captain Tulip like because I thought what would yeah. uh, Holland based <laughs> hero look like in the TV show The Tick like nice. you want to talk about like that <laughs> yeah. type of stuff so. So yeah, it's it's been really good, and I actually brought in a, a new editor, a story editor, and I promise that I will continue to do better as a writer and a creator because I will fully admit that sometimes I get lost in the explanation and the stuff in my head where I can't quite get it down on paper. Mm-hmm. And um, a shout out to uh, Daniel Hancock um, uh, out of Lansing, Michigan, over here near me that just a wonderful guy and awesome story editor. And he edited this issue too and made it 10 times better. And that was after the pages were written. So I, I'm looking forward to three and four where we edit the story before the pages are written or drawn, excuse me. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And I don't want to talk about it too much just because I want to get deep dive into the, the, uh, into your world. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, but thank you for the support well, just, for, you know, you guys on your crew and, and also the friends of, of your, your show. And, um, you know, I, I think it's it's awesome that, you know, you have creative people that are like, hey, yeah, go dream big. You know, we'll support you. So it's 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 mm-hmm. a, pretty cool, a pretty cool thing. So And now, re- real quick, before we get off Modern Wonders, you, you've done something interesting there, too, where it seems like just about everybody that you work with either is a local guy aren't you using a local print company now um and or or people you've known for years like uh, you know andrew kramer and uh uh cj edwards and everybody like yep. I, I you know how do you find these guys is it are you looking for local guys or just kind of you know you're, you're very much the family the friend of a friend 
yeah, it's when it comes down when it comes down to finding teams like this, um, you know, it's super beneficial having uh, artists and colorists that believe in like your your vision, because anyone will do work for a paycheck. But at the end of the day, if they don't care for the story, like it's gonna lack that punch. And so, you know, finding these guys and like, yeah, the guy that because Andrew's so busy doing yes. um, Mad Balls artwork, our Earthworm Jim character uh, to- for a premium DNA toy line, uh, we had to pick up Gary Scott Beatty out of Muskegon, Michigan. So he's only an hour away and uh, he's been doing the coloring and the lettering on this book. But it's so seamless with book one because he he's been in the game for 30 years. He's 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 a professional. And he like went back and looked at issue one and he said, I want to make it look like it's the same book. And yeah. so it wasn't like a, oh, all of a sudden it's a new team. It's a different guy, but it's very much the same team. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And, and, you know, if you find, if you're doing a book and doing anything creative, whether it be podcasting, yep. media work, website stuff, or comics fiction, if you find people that will collaborate with you and, they believe in the vision that's definitely something to hold on to because you can always find guys that'll do it for a paycheck yeah you know and i'm paying these guys well but <laughs> believing in the vision yeah. shows so. absolutely mm-hmm. and this kind of goes along with a, with a fan theory that sean and i have had for a while that there is just something in the waters of michigan there's something <laughs> different yeah. there because there is such a concentration of artistic people, you know, creative people, you know, just uh, the toy community, the customizing community. Like, I, I don't, I just looking around the Facebook groups, everything else, you know, not every place else seems to pale in comparison to Michigan, especially given its size. I mean, it's not a state like California where, yeah, they're going to have a bunch of these guys, but there's just, there's something about that. You're a little corner of the woods. You, you are very blessed to be surrounded. And you know, most of, most of them aren't transplants where we're like, most of them are here and have been here. Right. Whereas in California or New Jersey, New York type situation where there's a lot of transplants as far as people going creatively. Uh, but yeah, most of, uh, most of the Michigan talents is homegrown. So yeah. beautiful. Yeah, appreciate so, it. So Michigan, modern Michigan. modern wonders. It's it's on Kickstarter right now. Yep. How long do we have? Twenty nine days and three hours. And if somebody that watches this decides to pledge, and they comment that the douche sent me on my page I am going to include in their package, no one else can have this I am going to include what should I include? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to include something it's a, it's a mystery something. for us I mean I got, I got toys I was thinking about like a, an or, would an origins figure be a cool thing or I mean are this stuff people have or I mean, I, I think you just leave it a mystery prize. Mystery, yeah. mystery prize. Yeah, whoever okay. whoever comments this first gets a mystery prize. I like that. Okay, whoever comments the douche sent me and pledges to the Kickstarter, I will put a mystery prize 
into their package, and I promise and it will be wonderful. Awesome. Excuse me, I gotta go pledge something right quick. <laughs> um, so, and so, I do want to put out there too, there is a level on there where you can actually get all of the back stuff. So if this is your first foray into the Modern Wonders world or Ideas from Mars, there is a nice package on there that gets you up to date. It gets you Defenders of Eden, it gives you Disciple 6, and Modern Wonders that has been published so far. So don't be scared to jump on here, guys, if you're if you're new to the game. Um, it's a fabulous ride. You will not be disappointed. I appreciate it. Thank and, you very much. And... So, general Kickstarter fashion, we're looking at like a year or two years after this ends, and we'll get a comic in our hands. Is that the plan? July. July, guys. The comic's done. July. It's done. It's done. The comic's done. I can hit print tomorrow. It's right. just Kickstarter has been such an awesome community, and the backers have been great, and it's a really cool way to just get it out there and to get people hyped about it and... But yeah, the comic's done. I mean, Perfect. I can show you if you want. I can. No, never mind. I'm not going to show you. <laughs> He's reading it right now. Though. He's teasing yep. us. <laughs> See, after that gut punch he gave me at the end of the last issue. Oh, I'm still sick when I go back and read it. So yeah, guys, check it out. Links down below. Go support it. Tell them the douche sent you. And uh, get caught up on all the ideas for Mars stuff. You will not be disappointed. Alright, so this is a Masters podcast. Uh, you guys see those newfangled toys today? Yeah. Sean did. I'm getting a couple things, yep. Let's take a look Shared here. them on the uh, Facebook group. That's right, Sean was being a good host today. So we're <laughs> going to put our boy right over here in the corner here, right next to Matt. So first up, we've got our look at the five and a half inch Stratos action figure for the CGI He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, what you think, boys? Looks About like time. Stratos. About time. <laughs> it is interesting. They got that twelve inch, or not? It's not twelve, is it? It's like eight, eight and a half, like or something that. like that. Yeah. yeah. The Jumbo. They got the Jumbo one out yeah. there right quick, but the uh, five and a half's been taking some time. Yeah. I st- I, I, I'm happy. This is a character I, I actually really like. I know Sean had his issues with him, but um, and he looks good. He's got translucent wings. Um, yeah. he, he looks like the show with the, the still noticeable exception that all of the toys of this guy are clearly african-american in tone and yet he's Mm -hmm. red on the show yeah i wonder if his wings are gonna flip around because on the show that's how he starts oh they do so then there you go you can even do that whole little move before you fly him around the bedroom Matt's, matt's got his jumbo version right there mint in package oh oh what's he doing oh uh, if you just be warned, guys, so, if you are a mint in box collector, please look away. This content may be graphic in its nature. Yeah, and I don't know if it's even a uh, uh, choice of coloration. I'm trying to think of what shows do that. I mean, even honestly, even uh, 
2000X did that a lot. Yeah. And I think that gen- generation of uh, animation where, like, a lot of scenes would just, everything would be different because of the, the coloration, like, uh, the sun or whatever, you know, yeah. everything just looked different. And I don't know if that's why we're getting a red vibe from his look in the cartoon. But, like, yeah, obviously, I mean, the dude's, the dude's definitely... Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's very interesting. It's it's really interesting that they continue to put out. I mean, these are two. Di- I get what you're saying there, um, and like MYP Power Sword is much better than the Toy Power Sword because of the different accents and stuff they put on there. But this right. this seems like the animation, you know, try tried to change something, and the toy has not caught up. Um, okay. And there have been a few complaints around about what essentially would be the flying monkey character being African American. So, oh, which I, when we talked about it initially, I even said a little bit about that on our show and yes. going trying not to go there, but it did make me have a bit of, you know, like oh, it's maybe not the best idea, but yeah. even though okay, there, even there though is really diversity. The, I guess. The monkey aspect is gone in CGI. I mean, they're oh, yeah, clearly absolutely. just Eternians with wings. Or even yeah. with, without wings in Stratos's case, which I still hope they delve into that a little bit in Season yeah. 3. Um, but yeah. Which, how, how, did you, how did you guys like the choice of not having um, real wings? I'm... I'm still. I, I like the look of it. It looks really cool. Story wise, I'm still going. Why did they do that? Like it, it's it's a moment in season two where I'm like, okay, this is leading to something, and then it just kind of never got there. Um, so I'm still curious. Is it like are only some avionins born with wings? Is that a birth defect? Is he the rare one because he doesn't have wings? Like. It, right now, it leaves me more questions than answers. Well, the the thing that I liked about it actually was similar to Cringer or to Kraz, mm-hmm. where there was, here's a weakness they had, or here is a disability they yeah. had, or here's something they're lacking, and it didn't make them any less of a hero, and they got to have something by using the power of Grayskull that made them more powerful because of it. And in this case, he doesn't have access to the power of Grayskull, but he has a way around his own uh, lack of something. Yeah. And so in that way, okay. I actually, I enjoyed that because there's kids out there, I'm sure, that, oh, well, I'm not as good as this person about this or that, you know. And it, it gives kids that are watching it the chance to see somebody going, it doesn't mean that you're not as good as this or that you're lesser or whatever. And, and there are sure. ways around these things. So I, I like the message behind that. So, very cool. Sean is a genius. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, they. it seems like they already planned on it only being the four main characters sharing the power. Yeah. But if we go with your angle... Five. And have that unlimited power be introduced through the series to other masters, that that could have been an interesting... Thing to play up if mm-hmm. he was if he was the king and he didn't have wings yeah and 
and it was sort of again that disability because we kind of skip over the whole disability side yeah. of it and if we are if we would play up that angle then him joining the masters and earning his stripes that way and becoming a master of the universe when he says i have the power and he can sprout these cool wings that would have been mm-hmm. a pretty cool opportunity um to kind of take both the power everyone's sharing and him having the disability and kind of putting those two things together yeah and i i like that and on top of that i mean just thinking of visuals and stuff i mean they already had a couple times where both teela and then teela and he-man teamed up in the season two and they unleashed that like power zord that came down imagine him having that like crazy wingspan going into battle and like energy cutting through things with his i mean he's got the wings and they can kind of do that but imagine them being long his own power up move like they exactly yeah Yeah. so and and the fact that kraz is now um she's turned into um rampage instead of ram ma'am spoiler alert uh, that may, that's interesting to me just with the dynamic of, okay, they lost one. Well, are they going to have that offset in season three by having maybe Stratos take the place of her or are they going to have someone else come in and do something else? Um, Cause I know Matt and I were kicking around. Well, how about Manny faces? Are we going to get that traditional? It's going to be Skeletor oh, making yeah, them into the, mo- been... the beast mode. I still think that was a trying to keep him as a man. And when we saw him, it's, he did that to himself, and I remember feeling a bit deflated even with my own theories about that because I honestly thought that would have made an interesting one-off episode like season yes. one had a, a few one-off episodes. Season two, to me, felt a lot more like uh, we were talking before the show, but the whole, you know, like there is more of an arc this time around, and the right. episodes are hitting those beats more than uh, given a chance to have like a one-off and just enjoy the one-off yeah, the way they the did previously. Season is one adventure. Yes, exactly. Oh. Uh, let's uh, let's take a look at our next guy here. Oh, okay. The uh, no, you you keep putting your guy together. Show him off for sure. But I'm just going to go to the next slide here. Um, so next we have up Mosquitara. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, she she did not play as prominent a role at, in season two as I thought she was going to, but nope, she's here. Nope. She looks pretty good. Um, the energy effect is kind of interesting. When I first saw it, I thought, "Oh man, that Stratos looks good." Yeah, I'm loving those. I didn't really get in on the jumbo figures right away, but I got a Skeletor, and the just that little bit of added articulation really makes a big difference on those figures. Sean just whipped out his He-Man for our audio listeners. And no, that's not a euphemism. No, <laughs> not this time. Not this time. After the show, it might be. You know, you never know. Got but that. Yeah. That. Power sword when it's in the solid gray looks so much like 2000X, you know, at first yeah. glance. Yeah. Now, this is this. I still like the fact that you have a little more posability. I like the hinges, you know, and all that. But this this figure was the one to make me go, I cannot wait for the Masterverse to finally release yeah. these because That's this gonna, is going to look amazing in that scale and in that articulation yes. style. All of the figures so far I've given to my kids to play with, 
those mas- when I get my Masterverse, those are going in my cabinet. So Absolutely. Same here. Those are awesome. Uh so what do we think? Oh, Miss Katara. So her energy her energy effect, I don't know if you guys saw and all these they got whole galleries up on Toy News Eye, guys. If you haven't seen them, go check them out. They got the front, the back, everything. But she's mm-hmm. got the energy effect, and it, I, when I first saw it, I thought it was supposed to be like the mosquito figure for the Origins, where it kind of attaches to the nose and everything. But it actually goes over her entire helmet with, and kind of does like this energy effect, like her whole helmet's powering up, which is an interesting take on it. Sort of like uh, the Ram Mam. Uh, mm-hmm. The Ram Mam toy is similar. Exactly. So. What do we think about Miss Katara? I think she. I think she looks cool. I think, again, it's one of those things where the the uh, I'm completely down with the vision of yep. this cartoon overall. We've talked about that before, but um, and it goes down to that. Like, who's to say, you know, down the road we don't see Ram Mam's dad be Ram Mam Ram Man, or if we see yeah. like. A male version of her, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. She might not be single-handedly replacing him, uh, Mosquito, but like just one of that race. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down uh, with I, that character. And and you're saying she didn't play a big role. She's part of, uh, isn't she part of our boy Stratos's new? Uh, well, she role? is. Heroic yeah. warriors. Well, yeah, yeah. But she showed up in the train episode. Was a bad yep. guy, and then she shows up at the end with Stratos. Like that. Yeah. Yep. I'm just saying, I thought she was going to be a more prominent third faction who was just. Because okay. you had Skeletor, you know, utilizing the Havoc. You've got He Man utilizing Grayskull. And then when Miss Kitara Mascar- shows up, she's just like, yeah, power. Like, whatever. Give it to me. So I thought she mm-hmm. was going to kind of be the, like, that, that that loose cannon third party and then she basically just fell in line with stratos so that was uh, it was interesting um and i i don't think she's done yet but so far it's um uh season two just uh, even with how it ended it felt very incomplete you know what i mean it like went by it, too quickly yes. yeah well it was shorter than season one i believe it was only mm-hmm. I think by an, by like two episodes or something. Was it, was it eight like episodes? More. I thought it was eight compared to twelve or something like that. Because so. they 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 greenlit twenty four. We had twelve, and then no, that doesn't. That oh, it's twelve and that. six. Twenty six episodes. If only we had a way to look this up. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, what you're saying is I I don't mind when they go and they're creating something new you know and they go okay let's like let's show like you said instead of showcasing mosquito we'll take a female from that race mosquitara you know sure there could have been a ram man now there's ram ma'am that doesn't bother it's now if they were to go okay we're rebooting filmation but this time ram man's a girl like okay that would bother me because it's like we we did that. Don't right. don't mess with that. But yeah, I get excited seeing all these new versions of everybody, even if they do. Sometimes they're radically different, and sometimes that's a good thing. I like fresh and exciting 
and new. So, um, dude, Beast Beast Man, yeah, Beast Man's personality, like too. They started like just getting a little bit more into him and and uh, yeah. and Trap Jaw, like their little banter, like it's yeah. very rooted in what He Man is and yes. was as far as that type of stuff goes. So, I mean, they just fleshing out the personalities a little bit more with those bad guys. It's just been hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Speaking of bad guys, my favorite figure of this wave, maybe even of this line, is the villainous three-eyed Triclops. Mm-hmm. This character... I... I it astounds me to this day how new and fresh Triclops is in this series while also being our Triclops. You know what I mean? Like, the way they... I, I don't know how they came up with I could have never come up with this. You know what I mean? And had it pull off. They earned, they earned their the creative team. Yeah. There's those handful of moments... Whoever decided for He-Man to ride on lightning like a freaking surfboard, <laughs> mm-hmm. that was yeah. one of the pay- that was the paycheck he earned. Yeah, yeah. This lady that decided Triclops was this was the new va- this is the angle they were going to yeah. create this character. That was the paycheck being earned because there are hints of that throughout this entire season and this entire show yep. that just scream creative freshness, and right. mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm and I'm here for it. As a Motu fan. Yeah. Yeah. While, while at the same time, when, you know, Triclops in this is that, is that robotic visor that takes over bodies by going over their head. And, but then, so, and I was wary at first, because Triclops is one of my favorite characters. And they made him a robot? Like, and he's just a little robot? Like, it's just the visor? But then he goes on the body, and like, oh shit, it's Triclops, like, all the way. Yeah. And like we saw them escaping, spoiler alert, at the end of season two, with him going on to that palace guard body, and I even told Sean when we were reviewing it, I said, I said, I think this is going to be a more permanent um, placement for the Triclops robot, and yeah. that's exactly what this figure looks like. It looks like the the turning guard armor with the Triclops visor and you know some some darkened armor. Um, and we have our Triclops. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm happy with that one. Uh, that's probably my must-have, because Muscatara, when I saw her, I'm like, alright. She didn't (laughs) do much for me. Uh, Stratos, he's alright, but I don't even have the classics figure for Stratos. (laughs) So it's like, Triclops, yeah. That that one was, was, uh, quite a fun the the all of it the whole take on it and and the figure itself i love it so yeah yeah well yeah and it it doesn't take away from anything that it was right and you know marrying the idea of like even if you think as far as 2000x like a doom seeker and like mm-hmm. legitimately yeah. like he originally was a doom seeker and who who knows could he drop this royal guard body and pick up like a blind swordsman and like permanently mount himself to that one sure like the the idea behind it though 
is such a fresh and creative take on when he says release the triclops and it comes out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you just see what it is. At first you're like, wait, what? Yeah. But yeah. then when it at- attaches to the first person and you see the triclops silhouette and you're like, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, beautifully well done. Uh, and then last to round out the reveals, we get our first multi-figure vehicle of the line. Now, if you had asked me before today what the first big vehicle of the line is, I would have definitely gone the Wind Raider that they use quite frequently in the show. Surprise, surprise, though, it is going to be the Talon Fighter. Um, this nice blue, uh, blue, white, yellow, orange, uh, update to the Talon Fighter. I, I think it's very creative. It's very fun. I'm curious to see if we'll actually get into the show, though, because so far the only vehicle that they've released that's been in the show has been the Painthor Cycle. Um, mm-hmm. That's about the only thing. I, I love the look of this vehicle. It's a great update. Um, it looks very much in the vein of the show. It's just interesting that they've done nothing with the Wind Raider that they've used since episode one. Um, and instead they're introducing this new vehicle that hasn't been seen yet. Could be that uh, season three has it in a lot more. Or, yeah. you know, unveils it. Because if, if it has anything, even a connection to the original mythology... It will be, it will probably be like a center point yeah. to something one way or the other, which I kind of dig that. I mean, they did it with Revelation even with, you know, I mean, Marlena was piloting it and Point Dread was an actual place they were meeting. You know, I, I, I dug that they went there because, yeah. you know, they never, they never really did anything more with it in filmation. And so it was nice to at least go there, but, uh, yeah, I, I love the update with this one. Um, it's it's more sci-fi, but this show is more sci-fi yes. than the traditional right. version. And it, it this is the way I would have pictured that in the universe, in the canon that is CGI Masters. So, yeah, I think it's a really nice-looking toy. Mm-hmm. Fits up to I five think it's figures, a- fires six projectiles. Uh, yeah. Five figures? Five, they said five mm-hmm. figures. Yep. <laughs> That's um That's your Yeah, that and, and the thing the thing with this one is too I saw the pictures today and I'm thinking that other like it's gonna be like kids are just gonna like like a kid going through the toy aisle that I don't even know what kids look like these days, but like let's just <laughs> say a ben, like a Ben ten toy type of kid. Yeah. Like this just looks cool. Like, it mm-hmm. looks like a vehicle that some kid's going to see at Goodwill and be like, that's cool. And yeah. they're going to yeah. buy it. No, yeah. it's great. It's fun. It's colorful. It's going to pop out on the shelf. And I, I'll repeat again. I know people are sick of it, but the number one seller out of the Masters toys that are down the aisle right now in my area are the CGI. They are the ones that are frequently moving out of the stores. They are getting restocked they're getting sold restocked again and i just don't see how many us you know 40 50 year old fanboys could be buying you know what i mean i think this is i think this series is really catching on with the kids which is great it's what we need and uh i'm just glad i can enjoy it as well Mm -hmm. 
Agreed. I agree. And and before we move on to speaking of vehicles, and I know I wasn't on when you guys started talking about the CGI the second season, but yeah, you that were, Roton, you were invited. You just that Roton ignored us. Yeah, that Roton is cool. Yes, yeah. and it's it is the Roton, and there's no denying it is. But it's so cool and creative. Like I just absolutely one once they dropped it. I think it was that first episode of season two, and you, you see them riding each yeah. riding mm-hmm. in their own, and you're like, "Holy cow!" Like mm-hmm. I need that. Like yeah, where is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And really, I mean, I know it gets a lot of flack. I think anything new always will. But except for a handful of things, I would say you put pictures of this stuff in front of any Masters fan, and they could go, oh, that's a Talon Fighter. Oh, that's Rotan. Oh, that's Stratos. You know what I mean? Like, obviously people give it flack for, for being new and different, but... To me, a lot of this stuff embodies the heart of its predecessor. Yeah, I, I've heard a few reviewers do the it's it's He Man and Masters in name only. And every time I hear that, I'm like, did you even bother to watch it past a they preview? Because they're it, not watching like when, it. Exactly. When you watch this series, I like the minute I started watching it with my kids when the first episode, season one, hit. I sat there going, my God, this is what yep. I've been waiting for this brand to have is just a refresher, but it never felt alien. It always yep. felt like home to me because these characters, with the exception of, say, what? Duncan, maybe, felt like I, there is that spirit still there, you know? Well, and I remember not flashing back a little bit here to our season one talk. I couldn't wait to talk to Sean once I realized that the whole of season one is basically the plot line to those early mini-comics and storybooks and record books where it's just He-Man going out, gathering the forces of good, discovering Castle Grayskull. Like, it's all... (laughs) It's amazing. And then to to hear people go, oh, yeah, it's Masters in name only, it's like, dude, there has not been anything more in the heart of Masters in... Since 2000X, you know? Yeah. Right. And, and that's, and that's the thing. If you take this and if you were to just even read the scripts and like not, yeah. but it's, it's that shock value of like, get off my lawn. I'm an old man. This, mm-hmm. this show is in 3D and, and I mean, they dealt the same thing. Honestly, the chirps about it. I remember when, um, Nickelodeon's Turtles came out and mm-hmm. there was such pushback over the right style. Here. Oh, and, I complain and I will nonstop. Fully, and I will fully admit for me too that I, I thought I was like, this is it's just weird. It's new. It's it's 3D and it kind of looks goofy and God, we hadn't seen anything stupid. like it. Yep. And then as soon as you just started actually just watching the show mm-hmm. and paying attention to the characters and the script, yeah, it was hilarious. And it's a great show and the story weaving and. The, the nods to the nods to the original and all of that yep. type of stuff. You can see a lot of those heartstrings in this mm-hmm. this He Man show where mm-hmm. um I mean dude, seriously when He Man I'm sorry and it, it it I have to fully disclaim that it irks me to say this. I have to admit this to you and your fans. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, you're in a safe place. This is Here safe we go. Place. Here we go. 
it blows my mind that somebody could say they are a He-Man and Masters of the Universe fan from the 80s and not enjoy Skeletor and He-Man dancing and <laughs> He-Man and Skeletor not being able to fight each other and have to yeah. like not fight through the train. Like, that it blows my mind <laughs> that somebody couldn't enjoy Skeletor being thrown a birthday party by Duncan. Like, yeah. this, this stuff is just absolutely brilliant in my opinion. And yeah. so when you see stuff like that, that, you know, why does He-Man ride, you know, lightning with the surfboard, his things, a surfboard? And I'm like, I'm literally in my four, five, six-year-old mind yeah. watching that. And I'm like, why the heck hasn't anybody done that before? Yeah. Right. Like, but they're not even flying. He's not flying. No. He's riding lightning. It's yeah, falling with style at best. Yeah, falling yeah. with style. But and that's what kills me. It's like, and, and trust me, guys, I love filmation. It's great. It's my it's my go to. Filmation is where it all starts for me. You ask me to picture, you know, He Man. It's filmation. Anything go just top of my head reverts to filmation. But how can you sit here and go, well, He Man can't ride for lightning, and then go, oh yeah, He Man can like spin sand. Fast enough to form a twenty-foot pane of glass, like that's exactly. fine. Right. But riding lightning on a sword, no, Not sir. Mikey, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially we have episodes where he's jumping into space to stop comets from hitting right. the attorney or whatever on the one. That one was one where even <laughs> as a kid, I'm like, I got nothing here. He but pushed, yeah, riding lightning. He is a pushed <laughs> the moon using a wind yes. raider as a base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that yeah. work? So, so just as far as the heart of what I yeah. I feel that Masters is and the creativity of it that it was for me as a kid. Yes. Um I think that this I think that this is finding a lot of those things and I'm very happy for it and and I, I hope that it's one of the Netflix shows that, that makes the cut as far as, you know, the continuation yeah. of seasons where um Shoot, yeah. There's yeah. other there's other 3D shows on there, Troll Hunters, and a couple other ones that mm-hmm. they have. You know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seasons of them. Like, well, let's do this. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy to go there with Masters. So yeah. okay. they did get renewed um, recently. That, yeah, that was another news thing. That season three is a go. Yeah. So we will be I seeing think- that. I don't know when. But we will be seeing it. And that was interesting because, technically, like you said at the top of it, we always knew there was supposed to be 24 or 26 episodes, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of interesting that they came out and were like, yeah, He-Man's renewed. Um, but from what I hear, Netflix has been axing a lot of shows lately. So oh, I yeah. think I think that was kind of the thing, like, no, don't worry we're going to finish this. Um, it, it, it made the cut. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is great to hear because we definitely left off on a cliffhanger there. You know, spoiler alerts again, guys, if you haven't seen it. But yeah, Ram Mam turning to the side of evil. Uh, Skeletor dying. You know, that was uh, unexpected. That was awesome. And uh, so, guys, where, now that we've looked at the toys coming out, you know, we did a little bit about this, but where do we think we're going? In season three, with what? this show, yeah, with CGI, yep, yep. What, what's, what's up next? What do you hope to see 
where, or, you know, maybe that's different, but what do you hope to see? Where do we think the show's heading? Um, let's start off with something simple here. Will Skeletor stay a ghost throughout season three? Uh, I'll I'll go quick. I I would like to see something along those lines where it is a different because that that brings a whole different flavor to what it is in this show. We've never seen that, and yeah. that is interesting to me because a lot of the show is let's do stuff that we haven't seen before. Or let's do something where we're switching it up a little bit. For me, uh, that would make it interesting. Or if they even went to Scareglow by doing this and do because. That's the thing. This show is giving us almost like a we're veering and doing what you haven't seen yet, like the Tiger so, Tribe and the jungle version with He-Man. Having it be the ghost of Skeletor, where it is Skeletor, his ghost is now Scareglow so, versus the ghost of Skeletor is a different, so you know, right his own now, character. Right, you, you, I get what you're putting down here. So right now, only Ram, or let's just say Crass. Only Crass, Crass yeah. can see Skeletor. He's linked to her. Yeah, yeah. So what if the start of the season is her making a journey to revive Skeletor so that, you know, she can get her parents back at the same time? Because that's the deal, right? He, mm-hmm. She helps him. He'll get her parents back. And through whatever process that resurrects Skeletor, but he comes back at, like you said, as a scare glow. He's not yeah. quite there. He's got the power of fear, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I, you I'm, you I'm, got I'm my just, money right there. That's that's the fixed. same thing as Triclops. It's how do we do yeah. something, you know, the same but it, different. It doesn't have to go too crazy with an origin for Scareglow, then it can be this is now, like, because right. that was the argument for years within the fan community, is it he's the ghost of Skeletor, is it Skeletor is yeah. dead, or he's a ghost serving Skeletor, which classics did make that differentiation there, yeah. which, okay, that's cool. But this time around, it's like, let's just go and let's lean into that. Right. Let's really go there. And on top of that, the habit Oh, energy, he got it almost makes sense, you yeah. know, for being scare glow. You know, he he'd be glowing using the havoc and all that. And it's like, why not? Let's yeah. let's it go the whole way with it. You know, and, and and that's the thing. They might either reveal that or not say it verbally. Right. That yeah. like this this is scare glow now. Like but it could be scare glow and I'd be fine with that. Sure. Even if because he- again it's even if no, he just pops up like that, and and Duncan's like, "Oh man, I'm scared of that glow," like something yeah. like that, like just there that, like that's all we need. I mean, we have this, like that's yeah, that's kind of pa- why I'm thinking that we have the power of graceful He-Man, who is a translucent yellow figure. Well, why wouldn't we have a green translucent version of Skeletor yeah. and just make it scare glow this yeah. time around? You know, I mean. It, it to me simple. And right for there. our audio listeners, Matt was holding up that new deluxe Skeletor, where he is in the the what we now know is the dead colors. Yeah, it's called Battle Armor Skeletor. Right, technically, definitely has a hood that's sort of uh, very King Hiss mm-hmm. looking. Um, but you have audio listeners. We do. <laughs> Yes. Some people listen to podcasts in their true forms. Yes, yes. Okay, well. 
So I didn't need to be on camera. I didn't need to be on camera to do this. We're Hannah Montana. We're the best of both worlds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, we just went awesome. o- I think we just went over like 10,000 downloads. Podbean sent me a, uh, wow. A little, Congratulations. A Thank you. Thank, That's thanks awesome. to the nice. listeners. Actually, it's funny because I obviously host a YouTube podcast, and yet I only listen to audio podcasts personally. I do. I, Same. I never watch the YouTubes myself. Same. <laughs> I have a face for podcasting, <laughs> not video podcasting, <laughs> and it's true form. Yes. It's true. Uh, so back to see our season three. So we got we got Skeletor getting more corporeal, definitely referencing Scareglow. Um, I want to see some things between uh, Tila and Eldris, and really explore that. Um, I, I want to get some answers here. I think there there's more. I think there's going to be more there in in our traditional sorceress Tila vein than we've been led to see so far. There's a mm-hmm. reason Eldris went for Tila, you know. There's a reason, um, and with that kind of teaser at the end of of season two, where it looks like Eldris is going to be back in a physical form, I think that's going to help push things along here as far as what yeah. their relationship is. That's another yep. one that Sean and I, I can't remember who originally said it, but we kind of flowed out. Here's another opportunity to make this a bit more mini-comic-esque and explore yeah. the Tila clone origin where maybe mm-hmm. whatever Keldor did, because we still haven't really seen what Keldor did with Adam back at Castle Grayskull. It's like he showed up and there was a thing with the, the mace and the sword or... But, and then we kind of cut to, you know, Keldor's gone, Adam's an orphan, Eldris is a spirit, like, so, did something happen there that caused a part of Eldris to split off, and that's where Tila came from, you know, and really go into that whole magical clone thing? I think this could be a great opportunity for that. That could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there's two things that I want. Mm Mm-hmm. A, I want them to use my design for Mechanic. I would love that. Oh yeah, you have a great design, <laughs> for Mechanic. Okay, so I'm gonna send yeah. you some files. You gotta you, you gotta load them on here. With right. the files, put it right. right It'll here be right or something. there. <laughs> yep, right, right over there. there. <laughs> okay, it's already there. And um, he looks good. And he does so look good. I, I love your Mechanic. And then the second thing I will say is. What's the guy's name that does has been doing all the fancy art lately? Tim Kane? Yes. He's working on the show, yeah. Yeah, he's working on a show. Phenomenal artist. And uh, he dropped the, the man-at-arms, his man-at-arms art recently, and, and I commented under it. And it got a smirk from him, but I commented that it'd be really cool if for some one-off episode, Skeletor's birthday type of episode, but they, like, had a time portal. And like Duncan got to meet <laughs> yeah. older Duncan, and mm-hmm. that was what older Duncan because his art obviously his art's phenomenal. Yeah, um, but it just got me thinking like they could do a 
almost like how the turtles did where they went through the port or they yeah. went through i think a portal or something they met the, the 90s cart 80s cartoon yeah. versions of themselves and you could do something similar to that i think and it would work with kind of tongue-in-cheek um the way the show it has those moments um i think that that type of thing could be pretty cool um man but o- overall as far as he-man and skeletor in general in this show i had gotten to a place mentally maybe because i'm getting older and emotionally that you know do we need prince adam like everyone knows yes. him like you know we don't like he's like let's just let's just do it like the the movie like just no you know, no more prince adam blah 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 you know whatever yeah but this show just revived that spark of like the way they script and pers- his give him his personality where like no he's yeah. a kid in an adult body in the Shazam sort of way yeah. and they allow it to be that yep. where he's not pretending to have a different personality he's mostly himself yeah mm-hmm. and they've done they've done such a good job with that and then on the flip side not only is this the funniest skeletor but there's moments where he is the freakiest skeletor like yeah. he is the mo like he doesn't even hesitate and he's like blasting evil lid like he is great yes. he's mm-hmm. great and i love mark hamill and i love i love that show and and, yep. and he did a, he did a fine job but i'd be hard pressed and i've said it before on other rival podcasts of yours <laughs> this skeletor is my favorite of all time. And yeah. it's so odd for me to have to admit that to myself. But every time he's on screen, just the personality that they gave him, I can imagine being a kid. And in one episode, you're like, holy crap, he's scaring me to death. Yeah. And then the next thing you're watching him dance with He-Man or have a birthday with, with Man at Arms. And you're like, mm-hmm. but I love him. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's, they do a great job. They, yeah. It it took me it took me a while to to admit that to myself too. But yes, this is the best version of Skeletor we've seen so far. They do such a great job of balancing the the camp and the humor and the menacing. And he's competent. Most of his plans work. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not the the always defeated Skeletor. He's not the you know, the the pure humor Skeletor, you know. But he is a psychopath. 100%. Yeah. He is messed up in the head, and I'm down for it every time. He he wins every scene he is in. Well, the fact that you have Keldor show up with a probably six-year-old kid yeah. willing to sacrifice that kid at Grayskull in front, in front of the Eldris, and it, it's like you start him off there. He only has crazier to get. And like uh, the the best thing is, like I'm watching it with my kids, and both of my kids will huddle around me when he's on the screen, oh, depending yeah. what's happening. And they're like, "This is a little too creepy." I'm like, "I know it. I love it." I'm like, I'm like when I was a kid, I should have been literally yeah. scared to death of Skeletor and Beast Man, and instead they were played for comedy so that they weren't yeah. as scary and freaky. And ever since I was a kid, I thought that was Rob. Like, that that was Rob from me and Rob from the character. Here we have, this is playing it all the way that I would have loved it as a kid and probably got nightmares from at points. 
Like, yeah. I mean, he's freaking drowning them in the havoc energy in, yeah. in Snake Mountain. That would have given me nightmares as a kid, just thinking, I can't get out. I'm, I'm like chained up. And I mean, heck, they were drowning and they're actually yeah. dying almost in that scene. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like from, from, from a let's show some stakes and let's let yeah. this guy really be a villain. Yeah. They went there. 100%. No, and I honestly, I hope they keep that 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 tone, especially going to the end there, because I I do suspect that we will see an ending of sorts at the end of this next part. You know, maybe they might leave it a little open so that they can continue on, but it definitely feels like this first saga is kind of a saga in three parts. You know, yeah. right? Well, and this is definitely the heroes. You know. They've lost hope. You know, we have a new villain who was our friend. Mm -hmm. Um, Who knows everything about us, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and honestly, Crass has been a great addition to the mythos. The Ram Mam character, especially this whole turn. I mean, I'm really enjoying her. Having having Adam have, you know, a sister character has been very kind of cool to the development of of the the team dynamics. I think the one thing I'm scared of, though, is I looked it up because we couldn't remember. It was 10 for the first season, 8 for second season, and then it's 8 for the third season. Okay. Uh, unless so, yeah. they've, they've said that there's going to be more. I did not remember uh, no, that 20, in the news release. It was either 24 or 26 total, 20, so that makes sense. So 26. It'd be, yeah, 26 episodes, and that's what Netflix agreed to. Whether it goes further right. or not, we'll see, but... The one thing I'm actually nervous about with season three is we're introducing King Hiss in season three, and the whole buildup of season two Are we, was them possibly. I don't know because we have all at the very last couple minutes of the episode in the final episode of season two, all the statements start rising out of the ground. Right. We we and, have snake men. Yeah. So, but uh, like you said, maybe it won't bring Hiss back, but. I kind of feel like that should be integral to or integral to that because it's King Hiss or whatever. Yeah. And and again, Shades of 2000X. My, <laughs> my favorite villain is Skeletor. I want to see He-Man versus Skeletor yeah. every time. I don't need to see King Hiss. Even Hordak, to a lesser extent, I'd rather see He-Man versus Hordak if they went with Horde over King Hiss any day of the week, though. And that just, it's like, it's eight episodes. I'm scared to death those eight episodes aren't, it, 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 I yeah. hope it ends on a cliffhanger so we get another 26 then and we can build more because I don't want it rushed and let, I don't. Let me, let it, me throw, like, let me throw this at you here. And I know how you feel about Snake Man. For our yes. newer listeners, Sean is very anti Snake Man. So. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. I've tried. <laughs> not a fan. Know. He loves MYP, not Snake Man. Yeah. So. No. No. See, obviously they mentioned King Hiss. They mentioned King Grayskull. To me, it never crossed my mind. Enjoy that Roboto Soto. Be careful. There's some metal gears in there. <laughs> to me, I never took it as King Hiss is coming back. So I took just be it the as snake he's man. raising an army of snake men. Now, I'll throw this out here because it just occurred to me while you were talking, as most of our great ideas do, and then later we mm. can never remember who came up with it because it's kind of <laughs> us. But, it's a good thing we record. <laughs> right. 
So what if Skele- I mean obviously Skelter's brought back the Snake Men. We see that in the final moments of season two. Um, so what if the way you know Adam, he, you know He Man and the Masters, they're fighting, they're fighting. They can't. They just can't. The hordes of Snake Men. They can't overcome them. So what if they're forced at the end of season three to bring back King Hiss? To get the control of the Snake Men away from Skeletor. To beat Skeletor. And then that leaves I, the door open in Season 4 to start dealing with, like you said, King Hiss in, in long form. Give him his due once this is wrapped mm. up. But it also makes it so the heroes are like, well, we had to do that to stop Skeletor. But now we have to deal with the fallout from releasing King Hiss. Well, that's that's what I like about this show. Is you just gotta is, jump in, Matt? You're not gonna you're not gonna <laughs> win a pause here. There, there is that <laughs> feeling of they make decisions and they stick to it and they move forward, whether it was a great decision in the moment or not. And that is yeah, an interesting kids. way to go with it. Yeah, because it, it, it does show, you know, in the heat of the battle or whatever, in yep. the heat of whatever is happening, they're having to make decisions that are affecting Eternia and and they're affecting everybody. Yeah. And so in that way, it's, you know, I, I really like that idea of, you know, the deal with the devil thing, you know? So what you got, buddy? I will say, okay, so I'm going to take your idea. I'm going to spice it up a little bit and um, try to, and try to, try to feed it to Sean. Um, (laughs) Let's say, the snake men are being raised because they are, but the snake men can't be controlled. And let's say that, let's say that hmm, I had it earlier, but then I started pretending to drink the soda and I lost it. <laughs> um, okay. So, so the snake men are being raised, yep. but the snake men only have one, ruler one king yeah yeah and so for this this next eight episodes crass and skeletor's ghost scareglow are trying to control the snake men ghosts whether there's actual snake men or zombie snakes but we realize that they can't be controlled so now they're going back to snake mountain and they're going to go try to raise their king Mm-hmm. And so the end of this ep- six eight episodes is Crass realizing what she did wrong, yep, and whether or not she raises Skeletor for the dead for real or not. But it's left with our heroes, our villains, Stratos's crew, all three crews mm-hmm. against the Snake Man. Like that's where it would go. Like they have to team up to stop. It. Right. King Hiss from raising, and whether or not it's left off where they they stop the magic from happening, and then the snakes go back in the ground. She says, "I'm sorry," uh, you know, uh, but somehow, you know, uh, Skeletor got back somehow with Evelyn spells and this and this and that, you know. But we leave it at that because, again, I'm like you, Sean. We'll talk about it later. But the same thing with with uh, Revelation is that they just they want to go too far too quick as far as just the overarching Mm storyline so like i get that the snakes were coming out of the ground Mm -hmm. but i don't want to go 
there because yes. I'm enjoying here so much. You know what I mean? As far as, and, as, far yeah. as the character development goes. That's, that's a huge part of my problem with, with where this could go in season three because I'm enjoying the newness still yeah. of these characters and the newness of their interactions and the, the world we're getting. And now we're getting into snake men. And then, you know, it's like, and, and there is a part of me again, you know, like I can't help it. It just always goes back to 2000 X where we had snake men and that ended up being the end of the series for, you know, and I don't want that to be the end of the series. I kind of, I would like to see like Musky Tara made me go, maybe they'll do the horde. Maybe we'll see a new version of Horda. And in this case, there is this feeling of, okay, this could be final, that this is the extent that this yeah. show can go. Is it because the Horde is involved with She-Ra and that She-Ra is going to be her own thing? We can't go to the Horde or whatever. Because, I mean, 2000X, you could at least have, hopefully, Hordak and maybe some Horde yeah, rates they, they and could still do, do the, something along those They could those do the lines. toy Horde, if nothing else. Yeah. So. So. But, but, but regardless, like you said, yeah, basically serious. you have... Yeah, it's too soon, and mm-hmm. yeah, well, I mean, heck, we got Tuvar and Badra that still needs exactly. to be We've got, like, yes. we've got a, a lot of little story threads still happening, mm-hmm. and so so I like the crass angle, I really do, um, but just the fact that I don't, I guess, they made the commitment that it seems like Havoc is connected to the snake people, the snake yes. men, and and I'm not quite sure if I like that. I don't necessarily think that that's what it had to be. Um, because it's honestly outside of what was it? That painting of, um, King Grayskull slash yeah. He-Man, um, fighting the snake men. I think yeah. there's that painting right in the, in the thing. Yeah. Um, outside of that, like, I don't, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need it. Let's yeah. just have fun. No, and I think that's what, and that's what they've done so far. They just set up, you know, like the Snake Men and King Grayskull. Like those were the two big forces, and those were the powers they used. And now in modern day, it's Skeletor taking over the havoc, and you know, He Man, you know, defending with the power of Grayskull. And I'm with you. Leave it at that. Have the Snake Mm -hmm. Men warriors there for sure, because Skeletor needs an army right about now. Um, yeah, right. I, I hope to see some nice big battles between the royal guards and the snake men. You know, but mm-hmm. but yeah, we don't need to dive into all that other stuff. Um, we need to see those Aquaticans. They keep they keep talking about yeah. them. So yeah, let's see a merman up in here. Let's get him into the mix. You know, um, did you get the chase version, or was it just the regular? Is it a chase? Yeah. I don't know. Tell me. I don't know. I don't follow those ones. I did oh. order the Snout Spout <laughs> one, but that was it. Your your rival, um, your rival. You broke him. Oh, it's the broken one. I remember now. <laughs> Literally, this guy breaks a toy on his own podcast, and he's like, "Do you want it?" Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you took it. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, dude, he's so cute. Speaking of cute. What do you? Oh, I haven't done a drawing yet of him. I should try CGI Roboto. What would it look like? Oh, that could be. Fun. I mean, you could go, you could go nuts, robot style. Like you could go completely down any path, really, with him. 
I I actually could see him being uh, kind of the counterpart to Triclops in this. Not okay. In the, not in the taking over the body thing, but more the like more a robotic version of what Triclops looks like when he's on a person, except he's got obviously the visor and the duck bill thing and everything. So yeah, but yeah, I could definitely see them see him being some sort of specialized robot in this that uh you know becomes becomes a master with them or parastas as heroic warriors. Mm-hmm. Grab my iPad. Yeah, he could be he could be fun. I just I I do it's funny we're sprinting towards the end and I know what you're saying Sean about you know I'm we're hoping that there's enough time for all this but at the same time I'm also hoping they show a bunch of new characters too. Like I want well, to I want it, it's tough. I'm like I want to keep introducing people but I also want well, them to wrap it up in case this is it. That's that's my problem with this show. It, it, it's the weirdest feeling of I want this show to have 56 episodes for the first season. Right. Because then we would have been able to have all these little, like, okay, here's the Fisto episode, here's Cyclone, here's Roboto, and just go crazy with it and have it like an epic, this is like the Masters versus the Evil Warriors by the end of it, you know, and do the actual head-to-head deal. Because it, 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 like, um, there were were comic artists when uh, Captain America Civil War came out. And they were showing Civil War in the comics where you have literally legions of each other going yeah. head to head. And then when you see them at the airport in the movie, like it's kind of like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like West Side Story a little bit. Oh, <laughs> you know? it's got that vibe. Yeah. And so like looking at this, it's like, that's sort of what we have here. And I'd love to be able to get into like ranks of these characters. And it, you know, uh, like Cyclone would fit into this story nicely and Fisto and, uh, uh, even Snout Spout, you know, Snout Spout would be a fun one to put in there. And, and, and with it being for kids, kids love animals. They, he looks like a freaking elephant. My son loves yeah, that he, character. He'd for that be a reason. great one. To, he'd fit so, in real easily. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Do Will Cress as Rampage? I mean, I think we're I think we're all on the same boat. We think that she'll have a redemption by the end of the season, correct? If they kill so. her, if they kill her, that'd be so awesome, though. Like, uh, that was my second. Love, that was my second part I, to that. Does she survive the season? I love her to death, but I mean, that would be some crazy stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I and I was I've been Even on if record. It's a sacrifice. If it's a sacrifice. Yes. You know, that's what I've been on yeah. record since our season two be, talk. She's finally going to be back with her parents. Like, dude, that could get heavy. Oh, yeah, shit, I didn't even think about that angle. No, I was going yeah. just the uh, just the you know we think all hope is lost. Everyone's defeated, and then Crass realizes what she's done, what she needs to do, and sacrifices herself to save everybody. Mm-hmm. Or even. Or even the gut wrench of you think everything's over, she's turned back to the side of good, she's redeemed herself, but then like there's that one last shot that takes her down or something, you know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, we had that flashback to her with her dad in this season, yeah. and I don't know why. I just in just instinct wise, I feel like maybe there's going to be more of that because of what happened to her. 
You know, maybe we're going to have some more of the, for lack of a better term, Uncle Ben moments, like in Spider-Man with Peter dealing with that in Spider-Man 2. No, Uncle Ben, I'm Spider-Man no more. Having that whole thing and it being, instead of her having to have Adam or somebody come into her, it's her father's spirit coming to her and doing this in visions like she was remembering them and stuff. So, and then that would play into if she has to sacrifice herself, Man, would that be nuts to have her dad be like, it's okay to come home now, honey, or so, you know, and have, have her sacrificing herself knowing she's going to her parents. It's like, I'll just be sitting there bawling and my, my daughter will be yeah. like, You're such a wuss. And I'll be like, <laughs> you don't get it. You know, <laughs> you'll get it someday. No, I, I, I think that's, I think they're going to gut punch us. I think they're just going to tear us emotionally to shreds. They did that at the end of the second season, like the fact that she went there and the fact that Adam is fighting I see, her. I'm, I mean, you, it, I sort of saw it. You didn't see it coming, but I mean, mm-hmm. with the little bantering back and forth, her and Adam and some jealousy and stuff yeah. like that, and her, her not finding her place. But like, I didn't think they were just going to go all out like, yes, she's a bad guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was very impressed with that move. Yeah, we yeah, were, I, I, we talked privately to, while we were going through the season, and I I speculated from the beginning that she was going to leave the Masters, but like not for the other team. Like I thought yeah, she was right. just going to leave the game. <laughs> oh, I think regardless, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a great season. Um, I can't wait for it to come out. And if it's like the last ones, they're just going to spring it on us. Because that's what they've done with the first two seasons. They're like, mm. hey guys, check this out in like ten days. Yeah. So, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I kind of prefer it that way. It's like, here's a trailer, and within a couple weeks we usually get to see it. You yeah. Know, they, well, yeah, because now we're living in the time where <laughs> uh, a set shot of yeah. the first day of filming of Marvel's X-Men we're going to see in three months and then we're not going to see the movie in seven years. Right. Mm -hmm. No, it's crazy how much lead time it is and everything else. And I've I've gone back really trying to avoid that kind of stuff. I I went into Doctor Strange only having seen that very first trailer, you know. There was a time where I sought all that stuff out. I wanted to know all the information as soon as I could. And now I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of like to just sit in front of the TV or in front of the theater and just experience it. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Did you do an off-world episode of him? Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Yes, yeah. it is available on YouTube and wherever pods are cast right now. Please oh, go check it out. There you go. With our, that wonderful, was a, with our wonderful uh, off-world host, uh, Jesse Arnold. And that was harrowing because he is the person that was the most upset about that Spo- movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. No, just listen to it. You'll see the depths of it, though. That's the difference. So, you know, yeah. got, you know, Jesse and Matt would get along really well, I think. <laughs> yes, I think we need we need to get those two together. They, uh, I think that would be extraordinarily bad. <laughs> Real? I'm the, quoting Ghostbusters. Oh. No, they're both <laughs> very very it. creative people. I think yes, I think they, they would have a ball spitballing. You know, um, shoot what what is Jesse's story? The the books that he's working on. 
I can't think of the name of it now. Damn, I'm sorry, Jesse. My apologies. But based on that and what I know about the books that Rodriguez is working yeah. on, I think the two of them would definitely have fun spitballing some ideas together. Sure. And they're both very creative people, and uh, they both like to hang out with us, so they, they're obviously awesome. Or, or you could debate if they actually have insanity running in their family. <laughs> Since they like to hang out. We're all a bit mad here. <laughs> yes. So let's switch focus here. So CGI is going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. Um, but there was recently a couple of cryptic tweets. Uh, the first one came from Mr. Mark Hamill himself, who, as Matt mentioned earlier, was the voice of Skeletor in Masters of the Universe Revelation. Uh, and he tweeted, uh, April 29th, voice this guy all day. And April 30th, take a vocal rest day. And of course it was accompanied with a picture of Skeletor in his god form from Revelation. That was quickly retweeted by Griffin Newman, who voiced Orko in the Revelation series. Um... And in the retweet, Griffin said, In unrelated news, I also had to take a vocal rest day earlier this month. So this has led many fans to speculate that they were... I feel like he was be. I feel like um, Griffin was being sarcastic. Okay. That's one interpretation. <laughs> I Obviously, it's led a lot of fans to speculate that they were recording for season two of Revelation. I don't know personally if I'm there because I feel like if they're two recording already, that means scripts have been approved. Like, that means we're in production, right? Because, I mean, the that first PowerCon announcement was like a year, year and a half before they started recording originally. And granted, COVID and everything else happened in that time. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, it seems like we would have to know something. I mean, that means that Powerhouse is animating right now. That mm-hmm. Like I said, that means the scripts have been finalized. And for us to hear nothing seems odd in this day and age. So, yeah. obviously he's recording something. Could we be looking at a special? Could we be looking at some sort of Netflix advertisements? You know, what are your guys' thoughts? I'll let Matt take it first. I've been doing that a lot this episode. Well, no, no, you're fine. Um, I think that if I was in their positions, I'd mess with people too. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Like, I yeah. like, I like, I love them to death. Like, both of those guys did a great job at yeah. that, sh- at that on that show. Um, but like, like I guarantee you, and Griff is a fan of the. As my dog's like trying to fight a pillow right now to get comfortable <laughs> on it. Um, but if I w- but if I was him and I was sitting with yeah. you guys and we were having beers, yeah, and I saw that tweet, I would be retweeting it just because, right? Mm-hmm. And so, as much as I would love it to be true, um, I do think that there's a little bit of the tongue in cheek side of it that they're just okay. 
having fun and, and being and being and having fun with their fans too because I think that their fans want to see that type of stuff. So, so you th- you're of the mind that there is nothing happening. They're just either messing with us or maybe even their their tr- Netflix had them do it. Maybe even to to try and gauge like what would the fan reaction be. You know, I think that I could see Netflix being interested in that. Right. For sure. Are we getting positive reception? Are we getting negative? What testing the waters? Because obviously, I mean, it's no secret there was more so for the first part and more so before anything actually aired. But there was the the outrage, the the fan issues. So I I hadn't considered that side of it. That's also a, a decent interpretation. Sean, where are you at on it? I, I I feel like, you know, Mark Hamill is somebody that he he wouldn't have said something is happening if it wasn't happening because he was having a hard enough time. They, they, he was one of the first people where he was like, I had I signed an NDA, yeah, or or, or you know, but yeah. but I I worked on a certain project and da 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 da, and he was one of the first people out of the gate that we were like, oh, it could be him, and who's he going to play, and all this stuff, and um, so, I, but then thinking about it, yeah, like the, how far along would they really be? Because even with Kevin Smith to yeah. break down the story and all that stuff after PowerCon's announcement, they were working on that part leading mm-hmm. up to COVID hitting practically. And, you know, it's like, so I feel like the lead time is extremely small for them to get right into production on a season two right now. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot more people than I expected wanting more out of the show and wanting a season two. So I think there is that in the in the air, like, well, do people want to see this? Are they going to be excited? Hey, Mark, they like you. Yeah, put it out there. See what happens. You know, well, even even if they would have used it like that, we're like they're strategically, obviously trying to make money and save yeah. subscrip- save subscriptions. So if this show was on their radar of being kind of one of those might cut, might not cut type of shows, that it would make sense because all of a sudden, if Hamill gets. 10,000, 20,000 retweets, whatever it might be, yeah. that might push the show into their category of, okay, we're gonna, this is one we're going to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, and judging by yeah. all the ratings and everything that they released, like, it did well on Netflix. It's doing well on Netflix. You know, both the shows placed high. Um, and we covered that a few episodes ago, the exact quote I don't have in front of me, but they, they both placed very high in, in ratings, so... I guess that that leads us to that. Do we want another season of Revelation? Do you? I do. I think I think the only bad He Man is no He Man. You know, <laughs> and I think I think they got themselves. I don't agree with every choice they made in season one. But overall, I enjoyed it, and I think they got themselves to a place where I am curious where they're going to go from here, and I think they've got themselves to a place where as long as they don't try and push too hard too fast, we could have some good adventures here. So, yes, I definitely want a season two. You guys? I... 
I'll, uh, I'm, I'm kind of just middle of the road about it. Yeah. As weird as that might sound. Like I, I do agree with no He-Man, you know, the best He-Man is always having a He-Man show somehow. But at the same time, like after as much, and yeah, we're, we're going to be called shills because we keep talking CGI, but the CGI was what I needed. Versus Revelation is, is, uh, is something where no matter how I look at it, it always feels like it's an incomplete story because it's the Superman returns of Masters of the Universe storytelling in some ways for me. And I don't like that movie for the fact that it rested its laurels on what came before in a weird, unleveled, uneven yeah, kind it's of very a way. Much and yep. there, there is that feeling to me of that story didn't, resonate to me the same way as a new thing that's introducing a whole different take on something but still having that feel that I love um, it, maybe a season two might convince me completely over to one side or the other finally though instead of being middle of the road about it um, because the animation was amazing I, I love the animation some of the voice acting was really good some of it wasn't as good uh, in my opinion and uh, it's the story just drove me crazy in some ways of, of like, I just felt like if they would have started this as its own thing, instead of relying on the history, that's where it would have been able yeah. to shine for me better. And that is always going to be putting it through the mud a little bit more and say it gets stuck there for me. And, and it would have been better to have its own story and its own rules from the beginning on like the CGI show has done. Matt? It confuses me creatively in the sense of its title. Okay, so Masters of the Universe Revelation. Mm -hmm. So obviously this is its own thing. I would hope. And so if we got a Masters of the Universe Origins or Masters of the Universe Futures or something like where they were able to drop a season that was connected but not. Same animation, same voice actors, but as far as storytelling goes, because again, we're looking at the vastness of Masters and I think that they really need to they really need to look into that. So we were talking, I don't even know if it was on camera or off camera, but before when you were trying to get your camera working and your wife kicked you up to the upstairs. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, we were talking about Young Justice. And yes. so just for most people might not know, but you're like Young Justice, each season started two years after the previous season. So there was like costume changes. Characters got taller. Yeah. People use different power sets. They had relationships. They were able to have these flashbacks that, like, could exist because they wouldn't be flashing back to the season before. They'd be flashing back to before, but after what came. So I definitely think that Masters could take advantage of just the entire universe in the sense of, yeah, give me an Origins season. Give me... Each of the He-Man, like, you know how there's a King Grayskull episode in 2000X, but like, Mm -hmm. give me, give me episodes like that where like, we're just, we're talking about 
world building and sometimes I feel like they need to just relax within the world building before because it's a balance you love characters because of who they are and what they go through but you also love characters because you know you know their personalities and so to give us somebody we like yeah fisto's in this yeah clamp champ was in it for two seconds but now we want to go on an episode with them like we want to do that so yeah i don't need honestly with what i'm getting with my toy fix my three toy lines i think that we for sure are going to get a new season based on just the fact of this masterverse toy line True. technically it's doing very um well. just depending on what angle they play it up as because I, I I just think that those flashback scenes from this past season were so great and vibrant and fun that I would want that. So it feels weird asking for that because now we have like a place where this first season already landed. Yeah. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So it'd just be it'd be hard to do, but but now if you give me again, Master of the Universe, new title. Same art. We're starting in a completely different place with a different point of view and a different. This is five years ago, or this is five years in the future. We already dealt with the techno virus; it's already gone. Like, just if it's something disconnected like that, I'd be m- almost happier than if it was starting up season two, episode one. Skeletor's got the techno virus, and, right. and we're dealing with that. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of it's going back to what Sean said about the CGI as well. It's like, okay, so definitely definitely, it did start off in a weird place where we were supposed to be like, hey, it kind of leans on what we experienced growing up in the 80s, but that's very, you know, there's, there's a lot of different stories we grew up on in the 80s and not all of them fit together. So you were always in kind of this weird place with Revelation as to what was canon in this universe and what wasn't. Um, yep. And so, yeah, it would be great to go back and fill in some of those gaps. Um, and and with the Technovirus seemingly taking over Skeletor, it definitely raises the concern for me of, all right, too much too soon. If we're bringing in Hordak now, well, we only had, you know, everyone talks about He-Man sitting out season one, like Skeletor was gone just as long as He-Man was. So mm-hmm. it is kind of like we just got back to this place, and but now we're going to the next thing already. So well, I think we could uh, definitely take a season, even if you sideline Skeletor completely and and just kind of flashback. Let's go fill in the gaps, you know. Probably about the only thing I really hope if they if they go season two to advance the story of, and that's just for my mind, because I still have so many issues with the Tila sorceress aspect of it, of of how season one ended. I, I need my answers. I need to know how the world works. I don't care if the world works in a fantastical, you know, unrealistic way, but I have to know how it works. And for us to leave with Tila just being like, yeah, I left Grayskull. It's cool. Like, no. I write the rules now. Right. Yeah. Like, 
to me, that's still one of the big parts that bugs me about season one. It's like, I am fine with Tila having some way to gain, you know, or to resist the shackles to Grayskull like her predecessors, but I need a reason. Give me a reason. Yeah. So I'm hoping that season two will kind of delve into that, delve into the power, you know, you want to say revelation, but then you really don't give us a lot of answers. You know, if you're, to me, if you're going to answer it, answer it. And, uh, otherwise just leave it the mystery, but they're already well past that point. Um, it's kind of a tough spot really when you think about it, because they've already done the end of the universe storyline, which is where everybody wants to jump to nowadays. And I think that's yeah. like you said, Sean, that, I think that's for me, why CGI is sparking so much, you know, creative juices out of me because that feels like a bigger sandbox. Like anything can happen. We're in the middle of these characters' journey. We've got the whole world ahead of us. Whereas this is like, okay, all of this baggage that we have, seen and unseen, you know, all these deaths we've already had and everything else, it's like you're you're you know, with every episode, it kind of the sandbox got smaller and smaller, and yeah. now we're here, and it's like, okay, yeah. where, where do we go from here? Yeah, and, and that again, that was my, I always go to that, but that is my biggest problem with Revelation is the rules, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, okay, so if it, like you said, Tila can get leave Grayskull without having to be Zor. Yep. Well, okay, that's that's great, but that makes the original sorceress then looked like an a-hole because she wasn't even there for her kid, you know? Right. Like, but now all of a sudden Tila can get out and do whatever she wants and all this. And so it's like, it's not helping me to look at characters that I grew up with a certain way and then see them then as, oh, but she tied herself to that and now it's this. And then the other problem I have, especially with them going to the Horde right at the end of the first season, mm-hmm. is so basically you're setting it up that the answer is going to have to be He-Man and Skeletor have to team up again. Yeah. Because that was always the story point with the Horde when I was, uh, like, when I discovered the Horde as a kid, the idea, oh my god, they got to team up against the greater evil was freaking awesome because I never saw that happening a lot with any right. of the other lines I loved. But then we already just saw that because they made Evil Lynn go nuts. Well, I don't need to see them teaming up together again to fight Hordak or to right. fight the Horde. It's like we, we've been there, done that. You kind of wrote yourself into a corner on how that might have to play out now. And it's like, you know, I'd rather see something showing me something different each iteration. It, it, like, I, I know George Lucas with Star Wars, he was always complaining, you know, like, uh, well, people didn't like what I did with the movies, but each time there's something new in each yeah. movie that makes it progress this galaxy building he's doing. Versus the new trilogy didn't do a whole heck of a lot of that. Now I can understand that from that perspective. I'm kind of hoping the same in this story. And I don't think that it'll hit that the way that that I'm hoping, at least. Would you guys like to see them introduce She-Ra in a season two? Who's (laughs) She-Ra? Adora. Power. I kid, I kid. Um, I adore, I adore her. Yes. Um, I do too. I, I love Shira, but um, I, I love Shira. I think that I oh, I would say no 
um, just based on the fact that there's too much other stuff yes. there. Um, and she's enough of her own to, you know, be her own thing. I um, just, for me personally, I don't, I can't figure out how she fits into the Revelation universe. You know, because for if we were to introduce, with the Horde showing up, obviously no one had any idea who the Horde was. You know, it means, it means Secret of the Sword never happened, Adora Shira never happened, right. and we're right. already Revelation, at, Revelation yeah. um, took, took place between, as far as that chronological thought process goes, um, this season one happened before Secret of the Sword and She-Ra's Shiro's show, essentially. Yeah, you just you can't do that. It's a you know. Yeah. This was the end game. You know, this yeah. was the 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 end of the universe, which they you know, like with the sorceress already dead and everything. Like you can't. To me, this I love Shira. I want to see her in everything, but just the way they went about this, it's too late in the saga in the story to introduce Shira. I just I. You, uh, you can't do the, it. The only way I would accept it is if they did the Despara thing because uh, interesting. Um, Rob David being a big sure part of that mm-hmm. story and that character, it actually would work well. And especially considering the this one is more adult oriented, so there is more. You know, you could you could play up the violence, the torture, and all that, and her being evil. And being the face of Hordak to everybody and all that stuff. And it's like, they're already doing the whole, okay, they're, they're, they're being stealthier in the way that they're, they're getting into Eternia by doing the, the, um, the uh, motherboard and the techno cult and everything. So in that way, it's like she could show up and that would be how I'd accept it and have that be a redemption arc. So it'd almost be like, if they would do this one, it, and I'm, I'm hoping they don't do this, please God, don't listen to me. <laughs> but if they do it, it, Masters of the Universe, Redemption. Yeah. Revelation, Redemption, and then another R for the third one, if they do a third one. Is I, that, it's like, I'd rather not see her show up here. I'd rather be more interested in CGI and see what they did with that in a weird way because yeah. they've alluded to that on there, at least. They've alluded to the, the pillow in that portrait of the family that is empty they alluded to marlena in the the portrait and in randor talking about her there is that element there of like i kind of want to know where marlena is i want to know you know i forgot about that i want to know that do that do do that because it's already out there this is like just make it a hordak and if they can't get shadow we ever do horde wraiths and like in, in uh myp and and have at it that way but again, my biggest problem is I I'm just don't need to see He-Man and Skeletor teaming up because the whole point of Masters of the Universe to me is always going to be they should be going head-to-head and that is your final battle. Yeah. And you didn't really get that the way that it... You didn't get a satisfying ending to that, in my opinion, compared to um, what I was hoping, I guess. And that's my hopes. That's and just there. But God, yeah. if they do a season two of Revelation... Throw some more heroic warriors in there. Yes. My God, that why, <laughs> yes. why can't you just drop 
cyclone and snout spout in the background. What's that hurting? You know what I mean? I I don't expect you to spend uh, a whole episode on them, but that final battle, you're animating all those villagers. Why can't you just animate, you know, uh, Extendar and Clan- or, uh, Real Blast? Like, just throw them yeah. in there. What's One shot. Just to show they were there. Oh, well, and... And on top of that, like, granted, I like Fisto, I like Clamp Champ, yeah. and the fact that they were treated the way they were treated, it's like, death in this world, it, it just felt so, like, okay, we killed them, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they had a little bit of a moment and all that stuff, but it, it, it felt, it felt just like a kid just putting a toy away versus it mattering yeah. and having them have a moment, you know, to, oh my god, they're not here any, you know, it's, I don't know. They, it, that landed wrong with me too. It's like they're yes. killing off good guys. The bad guys are overwhelming them, and all this other stuff. It's like no wonder they had villagers. They probably killed off everybody between the beginning of you know, like before the show began in the first episode. It's like that's why Ram Man's all we got left, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so no, eh. they definitely need to find a way to open the Revelation world up. They need to find yeah. a way to, you know. It's just everything is just getting it into a corner right now. The farther they go, so find a way mm-hmm. to open it up. Find a way to introduce some characters and and have some stories. Agreed. And Matt Rod's done with Revelation. Just because you guys over in Potu Land took seventeen months to get through it, you know? that's that's true. You know, and he was there though, for all of it. In the sleeping bag. <laughs> that that show, I like. Uh, it's one of those things, and, and I've talked to, about um, when something that you like is made, movie, TV show, comic, anything, yep. and you see the hope, like you see almost everything, like you see what could have been. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's that's almost harder to swallow than uh, Thundercats roar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like whatever. Like yeah, where yeah, the you know X Men Apocalypse, and you're like, oh, I love most of these actors, and they yeah. all look really good, but just and then it just doesn't quite come together. Where there's elements of revelation for me like that, where like you said, and it, it goes back, and we've talked about it, and I'm sure I'm sure you guys have uh, heard a little bit of the POTU discussions, but just the fact that you make the rules to this world, I will gladly accept them. Right. But That's what, mm-hmm. as a world lover and a world builder, I will hold you accountable to them. And yeah. so there were a couple of rules and a couple, a couple things about the world that just were left so... Eh, okay, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, like, dude, I, I, how heavy would it have been in Revelation? How heavy would it have been if, like, obviously Tila in the water with uh, Sorceress was, mm-hmm. like, seven episodes long. But, right. mm-hmm. but if you just have, like, what if the mom, real? what if Sorceress realized she effed up? Like, what if Tila... What if the mom thought that? What if Sorceress, th- like, for some odd reason, let's just, 
But even if you have it where Tila's just like, where, why is that the rule? Or yeah. who said that's the rule? Or where's that written? You know, and then all of a sudden Sorcerer's just, just like, holy crap, I misinterpreted that. Like, and yeah. I lost my whole life with my daughter for this, even though I didn't have to. Like, just some, just some sort of like, little bit of explanation would have gone so such a long way with that mm-hmm. whole arc because they just yeah. they left it in a place of <clears throat> okay so rules don't matter and and you want <clears throat> rules to matter in a fictional world because if the rules don't matter then I don't think that you can quite grab the the uh, uh, the heart of the the consumer as much where yeah. Yeah, if they would have put something like that, I just think that it would have just had so much more weight to it than, like, oh, well, guess what, Evil Nan? I make the rules now. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually would love to see that come back and bite Tila in the butt in Season 2. Like, Sure! Like, oh, she's sure. like, yeah, I didn't tether myself to the castle. Alright, everything's great. And then, like, Hordak just swoops in and he's like, yeah, I'm taking the castle. And she's like, no, it's my castle. He's like, nope, you didn't tether yourself to it, so it's mine now, or, you or, know? Like, and she's if, like, oh, shit, I should have. Mom was mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Mom was right, or she starts getting weak. Yeah. She starts getting weak through each episode, and she's dra- being drained, and she yeah. can't use the power like that, and... You know who know, but yeah, if they if they did a correction on that, I I I I'd, I'd like that, but I I would consider it a correction because yeah, um, because of how open ended it it just left a bad taste, and I I don't know. Again, I'm not a great I wouldn't consider myself a great writer or a great thinker, right. but in that room, you said write way too quick. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in that in that room where they're it. you write great having things. these discussions. It went in their room where they're having these discussions. I don't see this discussion we're having yeah. having not happen. Right. I think it has uh, to have ha- happened. Now, whether or not it was just brushed to the side and was told just whatever, we don't care. Yep. But it must have happened because there's enough good so. storytelling in this where that that would need to have, have had had happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. So, yeah, looking forward to Season 3 of CGI. Season 2 of Revelation. We'll see what we get. Uh, let's change up the pace a little bit here. Let's wake Matthew up. Sean! You <laughs> oh, should have made one. a post. I did. He made a post, ladies and gentlemen. I made a post. He can be taught. I can, yes. Now, whether or not questions? I, yeah. I gotta get it. Hold on. <laughs> I had it, and then I lost it. Here we go. So listener, yeah, listener questions, comments, and geekdom. Uh, actually, the first one uh, Matt Rodriguez already responded to, but I'm going to read it anyway because Matt, why we not? we do not respond before. Actually, I don't even <laughs> read them before the show. Yeah, he, Matt doesn't know what we're getting into, and then I'm always the well, one going, eh, wait for it. Wait I, for I it. do know one this time, but that's for a very <laughs> specific reason. So, so Travis Bowles. Oh God, Matt! If you could have the whole thing, why just touch the tip? (laughs) 
And Matt responded that, with, that for you some the mean. tip is the whole thing. <laughs> As in Matt Rodriguez said, for some people, the tip is the whole thing. <laughs> now, wait, why are okay, we assuming you... he's talking to Rodriguez? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Matt, Matt Rodriguez jumped in there. I'm guessing I it think was he just me instinct. In it. I'm pretty sure. It, I'm pretty sure. I'm. Ta- I'm pretty sure that's. You can click that. It just says Matt, but he didn't tag you. But I'm get. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he was talking to you because he knows you. But yes, we have two Matts, and that is a little problematic when we have that happen on the show. Travis, you need to know. <laughs> would you going like to know the? Con- would you tip. like to know the context of that? I think it might be better without the context. But go for it. <laughs> I mean. I'll let you you decide. So, our friend Travis, um, he ends up naked a lot. Yes. (laughs) I'm not exaggerating. Yes, this is uh, true. For Steven's 40th birthday party, he ended up just naked in the pool. Sure. And just randomly just trying to hug everyone. And so he's trying to hug everyone and, and some people are comfortable with this. Some people are running. My wife definitely <laughs> likes, she like stayed out of the pool because um, she's creeped out by a lot of my friends. But um, <laughs> he came at me like I was going to be scared or anything like that Right. Mm-hmm. in the pool. And uh, I flicked it. <laughs> I flicked it. And you know how, like, when a dog, like, when you're eating something and a dog comes up to you, yeah. and you just kind of, like, give it a little, little tap on the nose? Yes. Yep. <laughs> it was sort of like that. Like, I just had to, like, let him know, like, this isn't your place. Like, just, just, I gave it just a little flick right on the tip. And, um, and he respected my space after that. So. <laughs> well, I don't think that was meant for you there, douche. <laughs> All right, Travis, you can keep your tip I mean, unless, between you and Rodriguez. Uh, uh, I didn't want your tip Deuce anyways. Has, unless yeah. Dooch has a tip story, I, I actually... You, not yet. You, Someday, maybe. Not yet. Oh. <sighs> All right, yeah. moving on from that. I don't know how we can. That was that was amazing. Uh, Manny Gonzalez just wrote in and said, my eyes hurt because of the photo I used because we used the Bathew Rodriguez image from our uh, All-Stars talk that we did. Skelevator joined in. Gotta say, two things made my day today. First, seeing that you all are recording a new episode and then hearing that our buddy Skeletor and He-Man make an appearance in the new Rescue Rangers movie. Okay, here's my question. If you could only collect versions of one character from the Masters of the Universe line uh, for the rest of your life, who would it be and why? Wonderful. First off, Skelly thank you for writing in. We do appreciate yes. you. One character from Master Universe, that's all we can collect from now until the end of time. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Does he realize how many characters there are? This was a tough one, but but well, it was it was tough for me at first, and then I I I actually admitted something to myself. Go on, Rodriguez. I'm 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 basically so. First of all, Skelevator is awesome. Yes, yes. Um, And uh, we appreciate him a lot in our family um, between just 
the creativeness of myself and then my wife also on her yep. shout out toy huntress um YouTube yes. page. why don't you hashtag i need some t- more toy huntress videos because she's been off her game lately long story <laughs> short so but um for variety's sake i would say moss man because i feel like not only is Surprise. he my all-time favorite but the variety of figures the variety of stuff with him on it that I can get. And then also I feel like he, I could have a cool shelf where like I sneak in some swamp thing ish kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's who it would have to be. It would have to be um, because I'm thinking of my other favorite characters and like 90% of the stuff that's already been made of them is the exact same technically. Yeah. And, I feel like variety on Moss Man. I think I think I'm uh, I think I'm Moss Man for life. Hashtag more mm. Toy Hunters videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't know, Sean. Go ahead. I'll fi- I'll finish it off. All right. Uh, I went with Trapjaw. Okay. Um, nice. Trapjaw was one that I. I mean, I'm I'm always the vanilla guy where I'm like, oh, He Man, because there's you know battle armor He Man. But but then I thought about it. I'm like no, what, what's kind of cool is each iteration has a different take. Like uh, the the vintage is its own thing, and then you get into 2000X, and that's like a Frankenstein's monster version. And then you get into even the CGI show, and each there is enough distinctness to yep. each iteration where it's not just they're just showing the same design every single time. Um, and yeah, he he'd be one. And also, he's fun. He's got so much with the accessories. You could add accessories to each version or whatever. So yeah, I, I think he would probably be my uh, my vote on this one. Did you ever buy accessories for your classics, Trap? Yes, I actually have all the black accessories, uh, which is like a spy. Mo- is a spy monkey? Um. Maybe I don't. I, I have the black ones that they had within the line. I didn't oh, get anything like third man. party. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about. I'm talking about third party. Like no, uh, I didn't get um, any of that. No fly swatter and like some random stuff. <laughs> no, I didn't get that. Oh, cool. So, gonna... But see, that shows right there. Even if yeah. you went third party, you could still have some fun with this versus you know just being stuck with here's a sword, a battle axe, and a shield or yeah. whatever you know. So. Yeah, most of my, like, favorite characters, those are the guys that rarely get made. Like, they were in vintage, maybe they have one here or there, like, so I'm, I'm kinda going the same thing here. It's like, but if I, if it's only one for the rest of time, it's gotta be someone who's coming back and everything, and I always lean towards the villains, um, as my, when I get pictures up, I recently put that display case up downstairs, and, uh, yeah, it's predominantly villains in there. I've got like a shelf of heroes, but so I guess for me, the, the I'm gonna go the villain that I know is gonna be in every iteration. I'm gonna go Skeletor. If I can only do one character, it's going to be Skeletor. Um, mm-hmm. He's always gonna be there, and he's he's got some great iterations throughout the years. And thank I you. Like yeah. Did you guys, speaking of that, I think he commented on this thread. Did you guys see Tomas's, um, Beastman, uh, shelf? 
I have not. No. I don't look at the post before uh, before. Oh, okay, I think it's on. Thing. I think it's on this thread. Okay, I'll have to check because that somebody out. Somebody was we're at, done. Yeah, somebody was asking what you collect or whatever, and he just has a Beastman shelf, and it's one of those things where, yeah, I collect a lot as well, but. When you talk about somebody that collects a specific character and then you yeah. see all those yeah. iterations in one place and you realize, mm-hmm. holy crap, there's a lot of that. And yes. it, but it looks super cool. Looks super yeah. cool. Nice. Very true. So Jason Torrance wrote us this time, which is cool because he always chimes in, or usually yeah. he chimes in. Yep. Hey, guys. Bagged you- listener. Exactly. Uh, so so you're, you're going to have fun with this... Uh, Hey guys, with Mark Hamill kind of confirming a sequel to Revelation. Yeah, but you already know. Uh, my questions are about what is next for the series. What do you think the storyline will be? Do you think that they will follow the Hordak storyline that was teased at the end of Revelation? Would you want them to bring in Shira? I personally would like to see them hold off and reveal at the end of the season that Adam has a twin sister. It would make a greater teaser for season three also which of the other characters are you hoping they bring in to the new season looking forward to the show you guys always do a great job thank you jason 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 <laughs> now you'll have to forgive us matthew see our view our listeners are a little slower sometimes <laughs> jason did you not just listen to us <laughs> we just went over all that yeah, we did. My apologies, we Matt. Did. You know, there you got to work with these guys sometimes. They don't pay attention. Go, Jason, rewind it's, a little bit. Listen to what we said. It's please. like it's like he was sleeping through that part of it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But but bringing up bringing up his point and just just yeah. tagging on to that um, the idea of her. I wouldn't mind seeing the, Shira's new storyline. Um, what's what was her name? Uh, with the Dispara. Dispara retold in this version, mm-hmm. yep. and we get a secret of the sword, but updated to today's standards with that with that character. Because I love Secret of the Sword as well for what it was, but yeah. let's face it, like again, and they joke about it in all different kinds of canons. Like they're called the Decepticons. Like, what did you expect? Like, like a Jira, right. Like, it's like what? The hordes of the bad guys, right. like, like, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But we get uh, just an updated version of that, where maybe the world looks different, and maybe Hordak. There's a little bit more of a political angle to him as far as just his leadership, and it's not like completely everyone's poor people, and they're the bad guys, and we're the good guys, even though we live in the shadows in this creepy castle. You know what I mean? The fray yeah. zone, you know, and so there's. I feel like that that stuff can be played with. But again, thinking about it the way I just said and thinking about how techno-savvy the CGI show is, like, that'd work perfectly there. Like, could yeah. you imagine, like, Hordak, like, running for king? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Be yeah. of, like, a new character like that. Like, yeah. it'd be it'd be cool. I, I will say, Jason, I like, I like the idea more of if kind of season two we do that adventure and then at the end of it it it's kind of like oh and here's Despara and, mm-hmm. and yeah see then potentially season three could actually be uh like you said Matt a secret of the sword you know re- redo yeah 
But yeah, I think trying to cram her into season two definitely is going to be way too much, and nothing's. Gonna, and it's just going to be more like Tila Sorcerer, just like, yeah, this happened because we said so. Let's move on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just want I want it done properly. If you're going to introduce Shira, do it properly. So the next question that we have, and thank you, Jason, for writing it again. The next question that we have is actually from Matthew Dooch. This is the one I know. <laughs> what would it take to get Stephen Vashadi, Jeremy DeWitt, Matthew Rodriguez, Jesse Arnold, and the Legends of Grayskull podcast guys all in the same room? How epic would it be? Travis Bowles responds with, sounds boring, kissy face. <laughs> Jesse Arnold. Matthew, I'd do it for some Mythic Legions. <laughs> Matthew Rodriguez, I don't think everyone would fit in my hot tub. Or bathtub, sorry. not that Hot tubs are for uh, Travis. My my apologies. Um, and then I... Dusty Stand... Oh, oh, sorry. Just one more. Dusty Standard for Matthew... He said Matthew Deutsch PowerCon? Question mark. Number one. Challenge accepted that we would not all fit in Rodriguez's bathtub. <laughs> this could get interesting. This could get very interesting. Absolutely. And you know Travis oh would be God. the first one standing in the corner watching us all. So Yeah. Yeah. So guys, just how just how, how epic would it be? That'd be pretty crazy. I'd, I'd like to meet this Jesse guy. He sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little bit of a he's winning them over. whore, but, you know, beyond that. Oh, he's, he's, he's a junkie. winning over the cabal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, so. I think, I think I've heard, Rodriguez, you're, go, you're going to PowerCon. Is that a for sure? Or is it you're still up I, in the air? I am going to be at PowerCon. Okay. Have you given um, any thought to Legion's Con? I'm going to Legion Con. Okay, so you'll be Well, then it's going to happen. Then it should happen. Yeah. The, yeah. Knock on wood, yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> Power Con's very iffy for us. Um, Legion's Con is pretty much an assurity. So. Yeah. So really what we have to know is how the hotel bathtub compares to <laughs> Rodriguez's bathtub, and that way we can scientifically we can, answer the question. We can take measurements. Absolutely. Yes. Bring right. tape measures. all right well thank you matthew dudes for writing in yes thank you you Uh, sound like a very intelligent well-mannered and handsome young man thank you so speaking of the devil jesse arnold wrote in twice here as fans of wig kickum my wife is going to kill me for those of you who uh do not know this uh if you heard the last patreon show i asked matt r which host of Log P, because <laughs> he just did L-O-G-P, Sean or Matthew, question mark. So I guess the real question is, did Rodriguez listen to the Patreon episode? And I did, and I can't think of what he was asking in this case. <laughs> Who asked me what? Oh, I know what it is. Never mind. There you go. I know what it is. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea what's being talked about right now. All right, we'll leave it at that. Then. <laughs> um, well, uh, this I... is a family show. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Patreon thing. 
Wait, so, so was I on a Patreon episode? No, 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 no. It's if you listen to the latest Patreon episode, he wanted to know me or Matthew. That's the question of who did, do you think did you would be listen the person? to Mike Tickham's Patreon episode? Yes. Do, you do listen? I listen to any of the podcast? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> do I look like a guy that would listen to those guys? <laughs> well, you've been on the show, so I figured you'd at least listen to your episodes. I mean, occasionally, I would like. I think. I think. No, honestly, I don't. The only podcast that I listen to, I don't listen to podcasts. Um, <laughs> I caught a handful of your episodes when I'm mowing the lawn. There you go. Uh, a handful of Poe Two and Poe two. an occasional um, Sunday morning eating cereal in the bathtub while listening to their live live show, um, the My Wife Show. But yeah. um, I just don't. Yeah, I don't listen to anybody to be completely honest, and and they know that too about sure, it. And like sure. they, that, I think that they they get that too, and it's a time thing. But, um, but I think you have to pay to be on one of their Patreon things, and money's pretty tight over here <laughs> in, in the basement. Same here. I know how that feels. Printed. Yes, trust me. That's that, why the last episode was. Uh, yes, no, Jesse, you're that, you're nasty. So, <laughs> we're just going to leave it at that. So, his his serious question. Uh, what is your least favorite thing about Motu that cannot be removed from the plot slash mythology? Our least favorite thing? Least favorite thing. That can't be removed? Yeah. So, we're just stuck with it and we accept it, but maybe we aren't thrilled with it being there. Interesting. Yeah. Least favorite thing I have, that we I have a good one that we can't I have a good one. All right, go for it. No, that least favorite thing. So, so I'm I'm gonna say something that I can't take out of the canon. Yeah. Wish I could. And this is gonna sound weird. Shira being his sister. Honest, honestly, if Shira was written as a different like as a not his sister. And everything stayed the same. I would still love it, maybe love it more. But it's just it's it's just one of those things. But the, again, I don't not like her. Yeah. Um, as a character, um, just but the just the storyline as it, it being his twin sister was just such a. We really want to make money out of off of little girls now, so we're gonna just right. try to do something different. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'd be just and again that point like keep everything else. The horde, her, everything. Have it be a freaking cousin. Like I just the fact that it's the twin sister is just yeah. so like eh. I've often I mean, I I I like it being his sister, but I've often wondered why they felt the need to go twin. Like why couldn't she have been an older sister that disappeared before you know, years before he was born. You know what I mean? Like why why did it have to be the twin? That w- that was the the part that I questioned uh, a lot, especially in my young adulthood revisiting Masters. But no, I get wh- I get what you're saying completely, and I I can agree with it. 
Well, the the thing about that, when I was a kid, I was just, just like, sir, are they taking a play out of the Star Wars handbook on this one? Because that's basically how it felt to find that revelation out. Yeah. And even as a kid, I, w- I was like, well, they already did that with Star Wars. Why do we need to do it here? But the I guess the reasoning, just to give a quick fill in there, the reasoning probably was just their ages are going to be the same. Then it, it makes sense that they have a similar skill set. So it's not it's that whole then the sister doesn't feel like she's left out and the brother doesn't feel like he's left out when you're thinking of it from the play pattern at yeah. least. But yeah, I agree. Like I never, I never liked the fact that it was a twins either. Cause I just kept thinking it's the Skywalker thing again. Right. So. And if it is the twins, let's get super creepy real quick. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do oh, it. I'm not going. See, you guys are so <laughs> disgusting. You, you grown men. I say creepy, and you guys all of a sudden go pervy. Okay, I did two completely, two, two completely did. different things. Um. Okay, so let's paint the picture, and I think we've done this before. Yeah, I think actually we did it before together. Ooh. Um. You have the physician. You have it be Hordak. Yeah. You have it be Eldor. You have it. You have the baby taken at birth. Sure. That was born not alive. Winky face. And, uh. and like you have it be that where she or didn't. only one one was born and she didn't even know two were born. You, something you get super creepy in that sense. Where like that just adds this element of horror. Because I definitely think that there's an element of Hordak. I don't know how deep you guys are in 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 X Men lore, but um, there's definitely a Mister Sinister element of yeah. him that I think yeah. could be could be explored a little bit more. And so, if you have that be part of it, I think it still could work, um, still work in a certain way. But overall, I'm I'm with both of you that like because it's done, it was done to Skywalker in a property yeah. so closely, you know, timeline wise, where it's gonna always be a copy of something else. And so, you know, looking at she, like if you look at She-Ra as a blank slate and that's where the new She-Ra cartoon hit me where yeah. I didn't, I didn't hate it. There were some, definitely some cool elements to it and some cool designs to it as far as characters and stuff like that. But give me She-Ra disconnected as far as brother, sister. So, I like that even just making it to where they thought she died or whatever at childbirth where, to me, that's a better, this is why we haven't looked for her for 20 years than, you know, sorceress yeah. has to spell. Like, oh. Agreed. What if she did die? What if she did, like, she literally did die and yeah. Hordak brought her to life? Yeah. Like, what if, you know style. what I mean? So, yeah. yes, like, you know, and, and so, yeah, because you have those parents that... Yep. They just took it as a loss, <laughs> like right. It's like <laughs> that's not something that you get over so quickly. But I mean, whatever. But no. Um, but by the time, to- but but I mean, you think by the time Adam's a toddler, then like I mean, that's been four or five years. But to- like, there's no reason to bring it up at that point. You know, there's right, no reason right. to talk about. But it even if you feel, have, you even know. if you have a shadow weaver, caught, or you have a character that does, um, what is it? Okay, so the most recent Beauty and the Beast movie, right? The remake. In the show, people had, or in the cartoon, and like there was like little like not knocks on it are 
how is there this castle literally up the mountain yeah. and nobody freaking knows about it? Mm-hmm. And so in this movie, they legitimately like said, hey, the spell does this, blah, blah, blah. No one mm-hmm. remembers. And it's and, it, and I'll take that. So mm-hmm. if you have it be, he takes the baby and there's a spell cast and literally the people that were involved with the labor yeah. don't even remember being too like just something that a little bit more explanation um, goes a long way in, in, in settings like that. Well, heck, you know, it, it, that just, that just opened up the, the gate for me. There's a issue of, of action comics that I loved uh, action comics, 800. And then that issue, it has these little vignettes within the bigger story they're telling of parts of Superman's history that never were really addressed. One of which was uh, the night that the Kents found the rocket ship. Mm. And so it's Jonathan and, and uh, Martha talking together about this. And Jonathan's doing the whole, we got to give the baby up. Like this is, it, this kid is not from our world and he's, he's a little freaked out. And she's like, well, we've always wanted a kid. We never could have one. This is our chance. It's, a, you know, and, and, um, and he, he's like, well, why do you have a bottle of wine? She goes, well, if we want to keep it, we're going to celebrate. And if we're not going to keep it and, and we're going to give the child to the orphanage, I don't want to remember this night ever. And I almost like the idea that if they went there and this is going a little darker, but it, it is, you're dealing with the death of a yeah. child and you're dealing with an, an abduction having Marlena go to the sorceress and say, I don't want to remember this right? and have that be something that is now a thing. And she, she gets mind wiped or whatever, or at least a, a spell gets put on her and maybe even over the, like almost sleeping beauty, everybody in Eternos forgets that there was a second child. It was only Adam. Right. And you jump, let's keep going with it. You jump right into revelation and yeah. the divorce makes the divorce makes, or the le- sort of divorce makes so much more sense if there's the if there's the background of we already lost we know we lost one child now we lost our second child when he turned 16 or whatever yeah that becomes way more heavier than what they gave which whatever what they gave us that's the angle they wanted to do but Mm -hmm. it adds it adds the weight that i think could have been there yeah exactly no agreed did you think of one yet dooch you go ahead all right, I am. I'm. I'm going to actually sidestep this and say, uh, I mean, Motu it, to me, Motu canon. Uh, it does also apply to Shira, and we don't really talk as much about her. So I'm just going to go there. I'm going to say I actually wish that all of the Shira stuff was completely different than how it was portrayed in filmation because I never liked it. I never got into the show. Wow. It always felt too bright and it was too comedic. I didn't like Madame Raz. I didn't like Broom. I didn't Your like Cowl. I didn't. I, it was when you think of yeah. the actual way that Etheria should be, it should be a place of despair. It should be a place where you're scared for the, your life a lot more often. And there was a lot of, uh, there was a little too much comedy. There was a little too much brightness. And for me, it's always going to be the thing of I would have rather seen Shira as the brightness and the hope in that world, and the fact she gets the sword and it's per- the, the literal the sword of protection 
And she should have been the bright light in that world. And having all of these other characters less colorful and looking a lot more like warriors. Because my biggest problem with that series growing up was always it was these pretty women and they're all dressed in these, like, you know, it was very 80s and stylings and all that stuff. And as a kid, I couldn't buy it because it just felt wrong that this horde is in control of this world. But then all these women look like they're going to go to a costume party and all this. And it drove me crazy. So, like, when we got the Despara arc yeah. in the DC comics, that's when I was like, I can embrace this. This is dark. This is this is something where it feels tyrannical and it feels like a force to be reckoned with and so my take on on anything when it comes to Shira, i want to honestly see a dark take on that and it's not even in the whole you know make women stronger and, and empowering and all that it's just the idea like that world should feel like nazi germany it should not feel like whispering woods would be this colorful area and all that it should feel like this is a war-torn like even like the original uh, Rudy Obrero paintings of Eternia, that should have been Etheria, in my opinion. And it's something that it, it that's part of why Shira to me is like I'll always put that off to the side and say I I'm not going to say I hate it, but I don't really go there that often. Versus Eternia right. has always been my stomping grounds. So. Yeah, it, it has always bugged me. It's too colorful and all that stuff. And I get that it was aimed at uh, girls and all that. I get it. I, 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 I get the marketing strategy they went with. But for a story that's about tyranny and a story about a, a horde and and the the corruption and all that, no, it, it, it just never sat the right way with me. So that's mine. Fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go a little bit in the same vein there, but I would, I would say for me, and I, I would cut it out if I could, I'm going to get some flack from some longtime fans, but, uh, those first four mini comics, I could really just cut those out. I, you know, I think Mattel could have, I think they could have, uh, Let's be honest here. Those first four mini comics, specifically, they're full of inconsistencies. You know, the concepts aren't, you know, finalized. Like, I think Mattel could have taken a few more passes at the story before putting it out there. Um, I, I'll give you that. So I'll give you that. They are, they are, like, I've come to appreciate their part of the lore and, like, the stepping stone. But, like, those first four, those are actually pretty rough mini-comics to go back and read through and everything. And I I feel what we got eventually was, you know, a better, more cohesive storyline, a more open storyline rather than, you know, I just felt that that first uh, saga was pretty limited. So that would probably be my least favorite part that I could definitely cut out. But I get why it never can be. Mm-hmm. Mm, all right. You know what I think about that? What? <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm sorry, Matt. Your audio's cutting out there. Uh, check your settings there, and uh, uh, I think he's. We, I think he said I love we shoe. Gotta, we got to hit the bleep button, like like that episode <laughs> when I went off. <laughs> we all know that I need to be edited every episode. See, so guys. Well, don't hold back. Yeah, Tell us what you really feel. Oh, okay. All right, he's back. We, uh, yeah, connection's so, good now. 
So that's no. So I'm just I'm just sick of it. <laughs> you know what? What? Honestly, though, there are a lot of fans that um, true Motu fans. Obviously, unlike true. you, right? Um, I'm definitely not a true fan. I've been told that many that times. are going to have a lot of issues. And yeah. on behalf of them, on behalf of them, yes. I'm just letting you know you. <laughs> Never again. Okay. Never again. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you got more questions, Sean, or was that it? I go. I got one last one. Uh, Dusky Standiford uh, wrote in this time, Thanks, so thank Dusty. you, Dusky. Welcome. Thank, thank you, Jesse, uh, for dropping that little bomb of what we would take away. Um, so he said, "Sean, what's your grail for Mythic Legions? What are you looking forward to the most in Legions and Revelations?" And I'm not—I'm going to not just say it's me; it's all of us. Uh, but I'll, I'll throw it out there, uh, Grail. I would, I'm look, I would love to get an OFO, but everybody wants to get OFOs. But that is one that I would absolutely love to have on my shelf. And when it comes to Legions, I am looking forward to those two packs. Um, the, the, uh, Gorgo and Attila two packs from the Kickstarter. I'm really looking forward to those because of the new shields that they're doing and the more detail that they have. Uh, and then Revelation, uh, I think we covered that a bunch of times, so feel free to rewind, go back and take a listen. <laughs> uh, uh, not to, not to be that guy about it, but yeah, we, we already went there a few times tonight. Yeah. So, but thank you, Dusty, and, uh, I'll let, I'll let the other guys take over. Uh, alright, now as far as Legions, uh, I don't know if it'd be a grail, but I'm definitely um Thistlethorn is one that I'm uh definitely looking around for. Um as for upcoming I think the one I'm most excited about, um and I'm not gonna remember his name, but that dragonborn character, the blue oh. dragon. Um He's definitely. Was it a Rakagore? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Terrible yeah. with the names, but he looks awesome. He looks like a D and D character I would have played many times over. So uh, he's going to look awesome standing next to Skeletor. So there you go, Matthew. Are you into the legions at all? I know you buy the tributes, um, but I buy the tributes. Um, I actually have the most colorful wave of legions uh, ordered. Yep. I don't know who they are or what they are, but I think that blue dragon's one of them. Yep, that would be that wave um, with the wizards and everybody else. Yep. Yep, I have that wave coming and then um my dealer got me um uh cosmic legion wave. So uh, yeah. very nice. They, they got me. Um, <laughs> I've held off for a very very long time. Um yep. but they they got me finally. So they do that. They do that. It's it's that resistance is futile from the board when it comes to that. One way or the other, if you like masters, they're gonna get you with that mythics. Yes. Yep. hundred so. percent. Beautiful work by the four horsemen. Yeah. So that is all of our questions. Thank you everybody who answered. <laughs> Alright, guys. 
thanks for tuning in. Uh, last uh, shout-outs, comments, questions, concerns, what you guys got? Anything you want to uh, throw out there before we sign off? I'm hearing nothing. I'm good, so I'll let Matt... <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to talk about Strand. We don't talk about Strand. All right. Um, yeah, go ahead, Matt. I will let you guys know I appreciate you guys and um I appreciate your show and I appreciate your community that you are growing <laughs> on your page and the fans and the friends and all of it and um yeah, it's been fun. So no, I appreciate you guys. Hey. I appreciate you guys <laughs> having me. Man, that that Masterverse He-Man is going to be incredible. He is. He is. Um, this is proof that it, it will be awesome looking. Um but yeah, so thanks for having me on. Um obviously I love talking to you guys about this type of stuff and, and just kinda hanging out and, and it was a nice a nice little uh, refreshing Saturday night and um be sure that I think we have twenty nine days left. Modern Wonders, if you're interested, um check it out on Kickstarter. Um if you comment the douche sent me, I will put a I promise you I'll put something fun in your reward. Yep. Not just the and, tip. Um, It'll be the whole thing. Not, not just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> you won't flick um, the tip this time. That's yeah. You'll know you'll know that it's not the tip. <laughs> <laughs> and uh um no, no, again, so so yes. Modern Wonders, check it out. Um even if you uh don't are are not interested in comics, if you if you can please just share and and uh we love the local support and, and, and again um, I don't know all the algorithms to figure out how to get on everyone's uh, feed with it. So I see a lot of these other Kickstarter guys that are able to do that. I don't quite know how to do that yet. So right. um, Stratos and I are going to go take a nap now. There and, you go. Um, um, I appreciate <laughs> you guys having me. So. And in that vein, guys, uh, Mr. Skelly Vader did happen to remind me that it has been a while since we've given away a copy of the Power and the Honor Ooh. Foundation Catalog Volume 1. We still have a few of these left that were donated to us by the wonderful Josh Van Pelt. So, in honor of Matt Rodriguez, if you want to win this book, you need to find the Modern Wonders Kickstarter. Links down below. Real easy. You need to share that on social media, Facebook or Instagram. And tag... If you're on Facebook, you can tag either myself or Sean Skavarna into it. Uh, if you're on Instagram, uh, tag in Legends of Grayskull Podcast. And you will be entered into for a chance to win a copy of this wonderful book. Showcasing all this wonderful original concept art, various productions. So I just, I just tagged. Just <laughs> tagged. Yep, yep, you just got tag. Uh, share the Kickstarter <laughs> and then tag uh, myself or Sean in it, or if you're on Instagram, Legends of Grayskull Podcast, and then we will give a copy of this away next episode to one of those lucky few who tag us. Matt, do Thank you have you do you have this book already? I appreciate. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Okay. The fact that it says volume one just makes me salivate and want more. I do. I hope. I hope they. I hope they're able to do something else in the future because it's been a while since volume one came out. But yes, it's a wonderful book. It'll be 
awesome in anybody's collection. So just share Matt's Kickstarter and you'll be entering you. your chance to win that. No, Sounds thank good to you. me. Thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure. And uh, until next time, go support that Kickstarter. Oh, come on. Oh!